93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and... Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. What does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, for starters, my competition really hates me. Watch as we get closer and closer to Black Friday. All my competition will start having their crappy sales. I must be in a business of idiots. What magical, mystical thing happened that made this diamond ring 70% less? You're just too smart to buy this crap. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Come to Steven Singer on Jewelers Row. One place, one price. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steve Show Podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's News Update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday, November 12th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Former President Jimmy Carter was hospitalized Monday night in Atlanta, his spokesperson said. The official Carter Foundation said in a tweet that the 95-year-old is at Emory University Hospital for a procedure to relieve pressure on his brain caused by bleeding due to his recent falls. The procedure is scheduled for Tuesday morning, the statement said. Carter's wife, Rosalyn, is with him at the hospital and he's resting comfortably, his spokesperson said. Carter is the oldest surviving president. He was hospitalized twice in October for falls, including one at his Georgia home in which he sustained a minor fracture to his pelvis in May. He underwent surgery after falling and breaking his hip while leaving for a hunting trip. He also received a dire cancer diagnosis in 2015 but survived and has since said that he's cancer-free. Nearly four decades after he left office, the nation's oldest ever living ex-president still teaches Sunday school roughly twice a month in his tiny hometown of Plains in southwest Georgia. So he is going to undergo uh, this surgery to relieve pressure from his brain, and that happens today. It's wild you survive cancer, and yet a fall might take you out. Right, right. Yeah. So em- Emory's supposed to be one of the best. Yeah, yeah they said he's he's at the best place and yep. uh, probably has the best doctors working on him. So 95 years old, though, that's, um, wow. you know, anything at that age is risky. And really, we talked about it before. That's why they, you know, they they ask you in, in the hospital, have you fallen down recently? Or they, they, you know, they have to be aware of this stuff because, yeah, a, a simple fall can exacerbate issues you have or create new issues. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll keep you updated if we hear anything this morning. A slight odor could be uh, still detected in the air Tuesday morning after it was discovered that a petroleum-based product had been leaking from a Sunoco pumping station (laughs) Monday night. The discovery came hours after residents across the immediate region reported a mysterious odor in Middletown Township, Delaware County. Sunoco officials reported uh, that a valve malfunction has leaked a petroleum-based product from an 8-inch pipeline. The valve has since been shut off, but it's still unclear what caused the malfunction or how long. Emergency crews narrowed in on the Turnbridge Apartments on Glen Riddle Road, uh, where residents were told to shelter in place Monday night. A few hours later, officials placed the situation under control as hazmat crews said air monitoring no longer registered dangerous levels of volatile organic compounds. Uh, The DEP is taking over the investigation now. When the incident began, the smell of gasoline was so strong it was difficult for some people to to breathe. Sunoco said there was no impact to the air quality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, there's um, there's a, some sort of some sort of plant in Conshohocken. I, I can see it from my house, and I think it's I think it's a recycle. It might be recycling, um, but it was leaking something, or it, it was putting off this awful odor that was waking people up in the middle of the night. And they were like, "We don't know what it is. It's nothing." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it like abruptly closed, and now yeah. the, now the place is shut that down. We're like, gone. "Okay, so it was nothing." But now you. <laughs> Right. Close down your plan and it's oh yeah, gone. it was nothing. 
A few people, including first responders, were sickened by the fumes and had to be treated at the scene. At least a dozen municipalities from Chester, Swarthmore, Ridley Park reported the odor, which generally is described as a petroleum-based product such as natural gas or heating oil. Officials are also trying to determine just how much gasoline actually leaked onto the ground. Consumer advocates estimate Americans throw away 416,000 cell phones every day. Only 15 to 20 percent of electronic waste is recycled. What the f***? The solution they come up with is called Right to Repair. So there's a strong push to make cell phone repairs cheaper and more accessible. A shattered face on an iPhone can cost up to $600 to fix if you go to the Apple store, which is what most people want to do. They want to go to the manufacturer to get it fixed. But the phone can actually be repaired for about $50 from an independent shop. Yeah, yeah. They're charging $600? 600 bucks. That's insane. It's yes. ridiculous. I took my phone in and I had something wrong with it. And I'm like, why would I pay that? I'll just get a brand new phone. Like, yeah. it didn't make any sense. Yeah. You're 400 bucks away from a new, brand new, top-line phone. Yeah, like, it it made no sense whatsoever. So, Phone Repair Philly repairs all kinds of devices with a number of different problems. Screens, batteries, cameras, even uh, the back screens of Apple devices if they're cracked. Uh, The touch issues, they'll take care of the LCD issues, water damage, charging ports, all of it. So, Phone Repair Philly has partnered with Public Interest Research Group to push the right to repair. Right to repair is about giving consumers the right to access service information, replacement parts, and any specialized tools that they need to repair their devices. I'm getting the, the screen repaired on an iPad Pro, and it's no nowhere near that. Right? Yeah. It's a yeah. huge screen. So the only problem I have with this, um, because I, I've gone to these third-party places yeah. you know, a few different times, is it, do you still um, void your warranty with the phone it's manufacturer? A, like, Because that probably. happened to me with, with an Apple product before where, all right, I just need the screen replaced. I'm not taking it to Apple. Let me pay 50 bucks for this guy. And then the guy does it. And then when something really happened with the phone, Apple's like, sorry, we can't do anything for you. Yeah, but if because... you have a warranty, it should be covered then. You should take it to Apple if the yeah. warranty is still in effect. Like, like a- mine... Apple Care or something? Yeah, yeah, like my warranty was out. So I exactly. had to either yeah, I yeah. buy a new one or I can go, if I you know go to the third party, then hopefully they fix it for cheaper. Mm. The first win for right to repair was with cars when auto manufacturers were ordered to make parts and diagnostics available to everyone, not just the dealerships. Now they're working on other products like smartphones. 20 states have filed for right to repair legislation, including New Jersey. A news conference about the right to repair will be held today in Harrisburg. In sports this morning. In Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks beat the 49ers in overtime in San Francisco. Jason Myers kicked a 42-yard field goal for the Seahawks after Chase McLaughlin missed a kick for the 49ers earlier in overtime, and the Seahawks handed San Francisco their first loss with a 27-24 win. Myers gave Seattle its second straight overtime win, moving Seattle a half a game behind San Francisco in the NFC West. Both the Sixers and Flyers were off last night. The Sixers returned to the court tonight with a game at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nine games into the season, the Sixers are 6-3, and and the Cavs are 4-5. and Tip-off in South Philly is scheduled for 7 o'clock. And the Flyers, who have won four games in a row to move up to third place in the Metro Division, are off until tomorrow night when they'll return home to host the Washington Capitals. The Caps have won eight of their last ten games and are in first place in the Metro Division with 13 wins and 29 points. The Flyers have 10 wins and 22 points. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much. 
much, Kathy. We're set for a very, very busy day. Yes, Steve. May I just check something? Uh-huh. Ball sacks are yummy. I wanted to make sure that was working because I hit it and I couldn't hear it. So oh, thank you. Okay, well, there Because the, the that would devastate the show. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we have a lot going on today's program. We have a number of guests who are going to be joining us. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Connor Barwin is stopping in. Uh, he and Tom Kehoe, who is uh, from Yards, have created a beer. And uh, there's charity involved and all this good stuff. So we're going to have Connor stop by. And he's always awesome. awesome. So yeah. We'll- Talk with those guys. Speaking of charity, we'll keep that stuff alive with uh, our friends from Mana coming in today. That's We're getting ready because Thanksgiving is on the way. I'm going to order my pies. Yep. I freaking love them. I will as well. They do it right. Uh, so we'll get to the details and what Mana is all about in case you did not know. We also have our friend Pat House stopping by from Helium Comedy Club. Uh, he's performing there uh, tonight and tomorrow. So uh, Pat's always welcome here to our studio. Uh, and we have a very surprise guest. Nick Murphy's going to be here. Oh, my God. Uh, Love Nick, that guy. Nick Murphy actually has, believe it or not, a comic book that he's created. He, he does all a, sorts of stuff. A friend of his. He, he yeah. is quite a busy man, so we'll find out about that. We, I was in the kitchen uh, with Nick Murphy a couple of weeks ago, and there was a listener that was here and like did a double take when they saw him. And he was like, what? How? How are you here? What are you doing here? And he was like, I work here. I'm, I do the yeah. video for the show. It was so funny. Yeah, Nick's a, a YouTube star. Yeah. Man. People yeah. Uh, people who uh, watch Continue are huge, huge fans it's of like him. like the Farrah Abraham of YouTube. He's yeah. just yeah. like that. Wait, Farrah Abraham was oh, a, a, a point. The, the backdoor back, mom. Backdoor mom. That's right. Yeah, so he's, he's our, he's our he's backdoor our, mom. He's our backdoor mom. Uh, so we have these people <laughs> and more, actually, on the program. We have an announcement concerning the Camp Out for Hunger, which is less than three weeks away now. And preparations are underway. Just make sure that you uh, you make some time to join us. You know what? I'm going to begin a um, a bit of a theme, I think, in, in uh, preparing people for the Camp Out for Hunger. And that is to uh, come down early during the week if yes. you can. Yes. Uh, we, have, we have a wonderful time all week long. It gets very, very busy at the end. And we'd like it to be busy the whole time and maybe spread it out a little bit, too. And, uh, you know, that Monday and Tuesday would be great if you can come by Make your plans to join us early because that really actually creates more excitement about it. There's more people there, and it it uh, it actually can lead to more donations, and it's uh it's really cool. I agree. The, the attendance is always good, but it, it it is lighter in the beginning of the week. You also get better access to stuff. You can get better seats, and uh, we'd love to see you out there. And you're exactly right, President. For people hearing that on air, it's like come on down and be a part of it. Yeah, because we want to see a lot of newbies this year. Yep. And uh, Monday morning would be great to have a, uh, a a ten full of people all ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, and Tuesday as well. So if you can uh, come out early, we'd love to have you there. All right. We'll. Take a break. Come back in a second, and uh, we'll get to the entertainment stories as well as stupid question. Giving some stuff away. Going to give a lot of stuff away. By the way, we have our uh, uh, appearance at the Happy Place on Thursday night. So your chance to win four packs of tickets will be coming up, of course, this morning as well. We'll be back in a sec. Make sure you stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Super question time. We're going to give away a pair of movie tickets from uh, Fandango. And the question that I have for you is this. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. What future United States president wrote an SOS message on a coconut (laughs) during the Second World War? This is pretty obscure. 215-263-WMMR. And actually, I got this. uh, Nick has this, uh, this real cool uh, trivia game called I Know, the I spelled E-Y-E, and um, it, it tackles different subjects on each card, and this card is coconut. Oh. Uh, so there were a couple different coconut questions I could have asked, 
And no, Steve, that's incorrect. Which future U.S. president wrote an SOS message on a coconut during the Second World War? 215-263-WMMR. While you're calling in, I will go through some birthdays today. Today being the 12th day of November. And it uh, we'll start with uh, gymnast Nadia Komanich. Yes. Um, I, I guess she's 58 years old. She's a little bit older than I, but I remember oh. clearly the Olympics. And I had, as a little kid, I had a crush on her. She was attractive, and she, she grew up to be cute. even more attractive. Now she's... Um... As she went through puberty, she developed certain attributes which would make gymnastics almost impossible. Boobies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gold, <laughs> she was a gold medalist in 1976 Olympics. She was the first gymnast to ever score a perfect 10 in competition. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> well, you know how, how arch they were, the trainers for the Russian uh, gymnasts? Unbelievably strict. She was Romanian. Uh, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, she was Romanian. Yeah, it was her, and then the Russian was, um... That's Olga right. Corbett. You're right, And yeah. it was a big, uh, big competition comp- yes. between those two because they were both I thought amazing. it was the other way around. Okay. So she's 58 today. Uh, Anne Hathaway has her birthday today. Uh, she is 37 years old. Where do you stand on her, Kathy, now? Uh, no, she's... I, you know, I haven't seen her... <laughs> Recently, but that laugh. Just when I, yeah, like just when I see your face, <laughs> I just uh. want to punch your face. Punch I just face. want to take my elbow and drive it into your temple. Uh, she is thirty-seven years old today. Uh, going back to Olympians, uh, Tanya Harding ah. celebrates her birthday today. Uh, she's forty-nine years old. Uh, the movie was great uh, about her. Hi, Tanya. What a bunch of, of miscreants that were surrounding her. Like Jeff Galuli and the... Yeah, oh, my just, God. What a... Ridiculous. You know, he reminds me of, he reminds me of, the, of the, the boyfriend of Dorothy Stratton. Do you know what that movie actually shined a light on for me? Was the fact... So we see these Olympians yep. in, in competition, in their glory, revered the absolute cream of the crop, the top as far as athletics go. But what you don't see is their home life behind that. And she was living a pretty white, trashy, oh yeah, very low yeah. income, hard to get by life. They focused every bit. Her mother was very messed up. Yeah. But they focused every bit of energy on just that, on just that training. This is what's going to do it. This is what's going to be our focus. And behind, and and so I see the glamour side of it. I see them on stage in front of yeah. thousands yeah. and thousands right. of people performing, doing what they do. And but there's a whole other real life that goes on behind that. You know? ta- yeah, takes yeah. all that to get there. Yeah. So Tanya is uh, 49 today. Al Michaels, sportscaster, one of the best. 75 years old today. He's a guy that said, "Do you believe in miracles?" Yes. At the uh, of course the miracle on ice, and uh, he's had a lot of great calls throughout. And the, he uh, also asked publicly, years. "What's a hot car- hot Carl?" Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, you believe in miracles. And another question, uh, what exactly is a hot Carl? (laughs) I see you've got that saran wrap there. (laughs) Yes. But everyone remembers the first question. Yeah, Yeah, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? On another note, (laughs) what exactly is a hot Carl? Because I see you there. You've got three boxes of saran wrap. (laughs) Go uh, Google a hot girl. Uh, so uh, Al Michaels is 75 today. Megan Mullally. Love her. Yeah, she's great. I love the Slingers commercials. Uh, she is uh, 61 years old. Now, let me let me just mention something because <laughs> when I mention these birthdays in my sheet of information here, it next to it, it has their list of attributes. Yeah. And I accidentally looked down and went across. <laughs> 
And it said Megan Mullally hit 66 home runs in 1998. Wow. Oh, my God. We didn't even know that part she of her career. Great. Man. That is an, a talented actress. She was, <laughs> never even boasts about it. She what was I, juicing, though. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. What I didn't realize is she shares a birthday with Sammy Sosa. Oh. <laughs> that makes more sense. Uh, no, she's awesome. I love her. You're right. Those Slinger commercials. They're are, hilarious. They're a scream. Yeah. Uh, she's 61. Sammy Sosa's 51. Yeah, he was uh, from Will and Grace. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Says here. Uh, the great Neil Young is turning 74 years old today. I was just reading a story about him, and I, I it seems weird. He seems concerned. He's, he's going for his... Um, American citizenship. Did you read the story? Do you have it? Yeah, it has to do with uh, him smoking pot, right? And I'm like, yeah. really? Is, is that is that going to be an issue for him getting his U.S. citizenship? I didn't read the details of the story, and I don't know if it has to do with past convictions or anything like that. That has to be it. I, I, it has to be, right? Yeah. I don't know. Because uh, when it comes to citizenship, things like, you know, even DUIs and stuff like that can be... Yeah, I guess, a, a yeah. Post for, or, I mean, a uh, pause for concern, so... Uh, Neil Young, one of the great uh, singers, songwriters, performers of all time in rock. He who's he? Who's he now uh, with? He's with from um, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. 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 yeah, seventy-four years old today. Ryan Gosling has his birthday. We were just talking about La La Land the other day. Freaking love it. Yeah, it's a great movie. You know what? It, what what's kind of interesting about that? As much as I love that movie, he and Emma Stone are. They're not great singers. They're no. good enough. They, they they get the job done. But they wanted it. They wanted that sort of real. Yeah. yeah and it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Just um, uh, just be genuine when you do it. Yeah, exactly. He's um, in a, I can't remember the name of the movie. I know that there's a word named word blue in the title. Um, but he kind of like. Blue waffle? <laughs> Try next to Hot Carl. Uh, um. Blue Valentine? But Blue Valentine. Oh, and okay. he's required to sing in that movie as well, <clears throat> but only briefly. But, it, you know, he's embarrassed to sing for whoever this girl is because he's like, ah, he's like, I can't sing unless I, I got to like sing in a weird way. Basically, he has to sing in a falsetto, but he's also in a band called Dead Man's Bones and Bones. And he's in real life, in real life. Okay. And he sings like in a really weird sort of falsetto, kind of like Monster Mash. Do you know? So bit. he sings the Monster Mash? It, no, no, no. I but, was looking. <laughs> well, it kind of sounds like that. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's falsetto? Yeah. Huh. I was looking. And it's, well, blood was, was, was. <laughs> it's falsetto only high? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well With then. Eyes, I, I don't know. Like, what is that? Like, uh, oper- operatic? Yeah, that's that's not falsetto. Falsetto is, is when you go, oh, when you cut up to this like that, that's falsetto. Bee- oh, I didn't know that. Yes, it the is. The Bee Gees. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. well, either way, he has to change, he, you know, contorts his voice to sound. Do you know well, who I am saying, We have to hear that. We have yeah. to hear that. What is it called? What's the name of the band? Dead Man's Boone. Can you look at this? <laughs> Do you know, actually, Ken Singh is pretty good as Jeremy Renner. Have you ever heard him? He has got yeah. a band. Plays yeah. piano. Yeah. Also, Robert Pattinson. Really? He has. He's with, F- he's with Fakad Twigs. Fakad! Very, very interesting. Uh, you know what's funny is to see Ryan Gosling when he was younger. He's in uh, Remember the Titans. He's one of the football players in that. And he's just like a, a side character. He's he also goes on one, to be a star, you know. All the Disney pictures of him next to Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, Britney Spears. Oh, and he goes right. all the way back to the Disney. Uh, wow. Show. Yeah. Uh, he's 39 today. Uh, and the last birthday I saw is Buck Dharma of Blue Oyster oh. Cult. And uh, you know what? I didn't write down how old he was, unfortunately. But um, we interviewed yeah. him on time. Yeah, I think it was for like a "Where Are They Now?" or sort of thing. It was a uh, "Who's the most famous person you right. know?" 
<laughs> and we were offering up money for anybody listeners to to put us in touch with <laughs> people that they're friends with. We got Buck Dharma. And Buck Dharma was one of Buck, them. Buck, uh, this song to me, it will always be one of the greats. It, it's it creates such a mood. The fact that it's used in a core sequence in the movie Halloween. And also in uh, the stand. In the that's right. Did you watch any of it last Not night? Not yet. I'll, I'll, I'll eventually get to it. Steve has lent me his uh, Blu-ray of the the stand from the the TV movie. So Wasn't this seventy two today, Preston? Seventy two. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. It's also Jim Romano's birthday. Hey! What? Hey! Wait, it's my brother's birthday today too. Is, it Is really your brother yeah. Jim, Mar- Jim Romano? No, you know, um, and not to make this about me, Kathy, but my my grandfather, my uncle, my brother all celebrate their birthday on the same day, and uh, I was not going to say anything, but then you did. Wow, so I had to. Kathy, I'll just add my just, brother to the list. Yeah, just make his birthday more important because today he smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Jim Romano, Jim yeah. Romano, how old yes. is he today? I think he is thirty-eight. You think? Yeah, because if I'm forty-one, yeah, he's thirty-eight. Well, That's I know right. that my brother Adam is 40. <laughs> hey, I always, get, I always get my wife's age wrong all the time. Because we're, you know, we're, our, our birthdays are, are pretty staggered. Uh, hers is in October, mine's in January. And I'm like, okay, are you this year or this year or this year? Because I know you're five. <laughs> at some point during the year, you're five years younger than me. But I forgot at what point in the year that year, is. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, anyway, real quick, we have this is uh, from uh, Ryan Gosling's band. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's not the song I listen to. Okay. Kind of a goofy sounding song. Yeah, he's got a an interesting sound to his band. Okay. Were you thinking uh, vibrato, not falsetto? Maybe vibrato might be. Oh. <laughs> vibrato is is the uh, wavering between two notes. Oh. Yeah, but, but I'm telling you, what I heard was like, I was working. <laughs> I was working in the lab. Chris is pointing up. I don't know what what, what does this mean. Lose your soul. All right, here we go. There's no words on it. She wants you to look at the ceiling, Preston. Here we go. Yeah. He's just kind of being loungy when he's singing. I was working in the lab late one night. More like Roy Orbison. Yeah. Okay. I think vibrato is the word you're looking for. Okay. Thank God he acts. Yeah. All right. Well, anyhow, <laughs> I have some entertainment stories to report. So, oh wait, we got to get to our winner uh, for the stupid question. Uh, what future U.S. president wrote an SOS message on a coconut during the Second World War? Two one five two six three WMMR. The number, and I will go to Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, Preston. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, bud. All right, so what president are we referring to? You're referring to JFK? JFK. Yeah. That is correct. Hang on, Patrick. <laughs> the PT-109 crash. All right, so we're going to give you a Casey Yards Brawler, perfect for fall and tailgate. Yards Brawler is the Philly beer with the knockout flavor. Look for it in orange cases wherever you find uh, fine beers. And you can find them sold at Windsor Distributing in Hamburg. I have a lot of stuff to get to, and we don't have a lot of time, so let's get right into this. Now, since our friend Kate Flannery was on Dancing with the Stars, 
I'm going to give you some updates for the rest of the season. Uh, despite a presidential tweet that urged viewers to vote him, uh, uh, vote for him hours earlier, former White House press secretary Sean Spicer was voted off. Hmm. I think that was going to happen because the reaction of, of last week and the fact that they, yeah. the judges were so tangibly pissed at the results, I think a lot of people just sort of course corrected. But if it would have happened last then week, Kat, then she'd Kate, be there. Kate would still be she'd going. She'd probably still be going. Yep. Uh, so, uh, a great try by at Sean Spicer. We are all proud of you, Donald Trump tweeted several minutes after the latest uh, episode ended. Earlier in the night, he had tweeted that viewers should, quote, vote for Sean and that he is a great and very loyal guy who is working very hard. Uh, after Spicer was kicked off the show, that that uh, tweet was deleted. Hashtag Blue Waffle. I guess he didn't want it to exist. So, uh, guest judges that night were Emma Button of the Spice Girls and Joey Fatone of NSYNC. Uh, Fatone happens to be a Dancing with the Stars alum, so they had him on. And he was also a former press secretary. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that part of his career. Uh, Woody Allen has reached a settlement with Amazon Studios. Allen sued the uh, streamer earlier this year for breaking their contract and refusing to release a rainy day in New York. I think the settlement is equitable. They're going to cover his first alert charges, Preston. Oh, really? Casey Falls? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Amazon pulled out of the deal after his adopted daughter, uh, daughter's Dylan Farrow had renewed molestation allegations against him. Uh, the $68 million suit read Amazon has tried to excuse this action by referencing a 25-year-old baseless allegation against Mr. Allen. But that allegation was already well known to Amazon and the public before Amazon entered into four separate deals with Mr. Allen. Listen, they're right. Yeah, uh, no, you can't uh, argue you know, with that. It, yeah. it's, it's contractual. I'll tell you this, though, and I've often recommended it. I know that they're not in your wheelhouse, the Conjuring movies. Forget seeing those. If you want to see something horrible, just watch him and Soon Yi walk down the street together. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, Amazon claimed at the time that it nixed the contract because uh, Alan called the Me Too movement a witch hunt. Uh, financial terms were not disclosed, but they did settle, so he got some money out of that. Anna Ferris appears to have confirmed the rumors that she's engaged to cinematographer beau Michael Barrett. Uh, the mom star was spotted wearing a rather large diamond ring on the left hand. It's a big one. Earlier this month, sparking rumors. Uh, when photographers asked her, uh, how are you guys? She replied, we're wonderful. And a photographer said to the couple, congratulations. She said, thank you. Adding that, no, they're not quite ready for the big day. So I guess that's... She had kind of says, "Yeah, they're engaged." She's on a uh, she's on this podcast or was on this podcast. And this podcast uh, focuses solely on divorce, and uh, and so that's right. And so she was talking about it, and she was like, I'm, "I'm like not in the marrying mood now, not you know, not into it." And here, you know, just maybe months after that, she's engaged to this guy. So this comes two years after uh, she and Barrett began dating. Uh, two months after her split from Chris Pratt, uh, the pair were married for nine years, by the way. Prior to Pratt, she was married to Ben Indra for four years. So this would be her third shot at it. Yeah. Uh, Pratt, of course, is married to Kath- uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger. Uh, Pratt and Ferris share a son, Jack, who is six years old now. On another note, Preston, did you see who uh, who is newly single? No. Christina Hendricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And she's... She's uh, in uh, um, hot selfie mode and hot, uh, you know... She, she was at an appearance and, uh, yeah, she was uh, she was wearing a dress that's really low cut and she's back to that. She's back is, to that. Uh, which is not a bad thing. 
Uh, so good luck to her. Hey, by the way, uh, we have audio of this. Uh, fans of Alex Trebek have been sending messages of love and support <clears throat> since the star revealed he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer earlier this year. One man took that uh, the kind words a step further and delivered a surprise answer during an episode of the game show uh, that nearly brought the icon to tears. I and almost cried when I, I watched cried. it. Instead of choosing the answer to the uh, final Jeopardy question of uh, Monday night's Tournament of Champions game, uh, contestant uh, Dhruv Gower wrote, We love you, Alex. Uh, and as the host read the message, he began to choke up. While the camera panned, Trebek appeared to be getting emotional. And here's the audio of that. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is We love you, Alex? That's very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. Costio, 1995. You're left with five bucks. Okay. Oh, man. So we, we were watching it as it was happening. My wife and I, we both at the same time. Did you see that? And we ran we ran it like 15 times because it was just, uh, it just is so beautiful and such a beautiful gesture. And then after Preston, he goes and shakes the hands of the contestants. And he, he, he stuck his hand out and, and grabbed uh, Drew's uh, like forearm. Like, mm. And you could see him going, thank you, thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so awful. So I, I was thinking about <clears throat> this disease specifically because... They know that they're dying. I mean, there are other cancers where you could live for years and years, but typically with pancreatic cancer, you don't. My aunt passed away from it, and it was so chaotic during that time. We were, you know, trying to save her and making doctor's appointments and running her down to the city to see a different doctor to see if maybe there was something. But, like, I just know in her head before she died, like, she knew. She knew she was going, and she was like, guys, we don't have to do this. Let's go home. Let's just sit at home. And, like, what they must go through knowing I'm going to be gone soon. Well, he has, listen, I, again, I, I, we've said it countless times, the, the amount of uh, grace and the, and the dignity that he displays all the time is astonishing. He does, he has, he did have some really good response to the first round of chemotherapy once they tried a different course of action. Then he degenerated. Now he's back on the chemo. If, if he can get a couple of years, which would, st- with this disease, would yeah. still be, what would be Long. pretty good. Mm-hmm. With a quality of life that he's not in abject misery all the time, yeah. that would be good. But you, you watch the show. I, I, I watch it all the time. I know you guys do as well. He really hasn't missed a beat. I mean, even after that, he just jumps right back into his deal and does what Alex does best. The cat that did speak with her, you were talking about her story not too long ago about someone who knows someone. It was like, uh, you know, found out on a Monday, gone on a Friday. Yeah. You know, Unbelievable. It can, it can happen. Yeah, pancreatic cancer is the lowest survival rate of all cancers. And it's because of a lack of knowledge uh, uh, because they can't they diagnose can't it easily. It. And it, by the time they do, it's it's at its advanced yeah. stage. Well, you remember we have the audio of him saying, it, had I have known that some of the signs were, and he listed them. The problem is a lot of those symptoms can be associated with other things. Yeah. So you don't naturally think of that. Yep, yep. I believe it is a pancreatic uh, cancer awareness month too. So um, there are a lot of different causes to support and to learn about it and to educate as well. I remember it was Patrick Swayze. He died from that. And remember he, the, his first indication was like, I am losing weight. Yes. And a lot of it. And it just, it started happening. And at that point it had already yeah. taken its Take Well, when they discover it, it's usually in a very advanced stage. And that's the issue with it. Uh, the show Jeopardy tweeted about the interaction, writing, uh, couldn't have said it better ourselves, drove uh, the show's Twitter account, uh, later posted a longer video. The heartfelt moment has gone viral on Twitter, accompanied by the hashtag, which is we love you, Alex, which is right next to Blue Waffle. <laughs> Blue Waffle. Wait, it's the Tournament of Champions going on here, Preston. So you're seeing all the top uh, the top players. Yeah, yeah. So, man, that was, uh, you want to hear it one more time? Yeah, let's play, right, play that one more time. That's really sweet. Did you come up with the right one? No. What is We Love You Out? That's very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. Costio, 1995. 
You're left with five months. Okay. I wonder if, uh, I wonder at what point he was like, I'm not even going to think about this question. I'm just going to write this out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you, you you generally will try to answer something unless he, you absolutely uh, have no clue. He was in the hole. He was in the hole yeah. for a lot of the game. Oh, was yeah, he? Yeah, so, so he, uh, okay. and he just seemed like a, a really nice guy. So, uh, not oh. listen, not that this is a... Uh, uh, indicative of anything other than people are just now hyper aware of uh, Alex Trebek, but people like uh, Wink Martindale was in the audience, Preston, and some of these these classic um, game show hosts are showing up in the audience to see the master, you know, mm-hmm. and do what he does. Yep. And uh, it, it's it's kind of cool. You know, it's also nice is that uh, Alex is around to hear it. Yeah, yep. it's not posthumous. People are saying this to him while he's alive, and uh, hopefully alive for a while. But um, I'm, I'm glad people are saying this to him now. No, yep. exactly. I agree. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts are all in for a reboot of Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah, Re- Dan a- a- reboot. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd uh, said that the uh, uh, it was really exciting working around this new idea, a new take on the story, which Jason Reitman, who's a really incredible and fine filmmaker, came up with. So I'm pretty excited. He said, you never know in the film business. Nobody knows anything. You don't know what's going to be a hit or not. But I have a really good feeling for this just because of the quality of the stars we've got there. So it's the reboot now. We know it that, says. Yeah, so. we know that there's, uh, like, Paul Rudd's one of the Ghostbusters in this, and it's it's that version. So I assume we're talking about cameos and stuff? Don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ackroyd's going to be on the show tomorrow. Oh, we perfect. A, we have a phoner with him tomorrow morning. So. Yeah, he's talking about his uh, Crystal Skull Vodka, right? Yeah, we can ask him about it. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So we'll f- tune in tomorrow. Yes. More details. Look at us. We have our finger on the pulse of whatever. Um, all of them, the, on the whatever, on the pulse of whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? I got a couple more things here for you. Uh, Marvel's chief creative officer, Kevin Feige, is resp- or did uh, Feige. Kevin Smith said Feige, Feige the yeah. other day when we had him on. So we'll go with Feige. Uh, creative officer Kevin Feige is responding to Martin Scorsese's now infamous remark in October that Marvel films are more akin to theme parks than cinema. Uh, Feige told the Hollywood Reporter. I think that's not true. I think it's unfortunate uh, when he was asked about the notion that superhero movies are a negative for cinema. He said, I think myself and everyone who works on these movies loves cinema, loves movies, loves going to the movies, loves to watch a communal experience in a movie theater full of people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he also said to swallow Hulk's banner batter. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty disgusting. Uh, that part was left out of my quote here. Uh, four of the top ten highest-grossing films of all time have come from Marvel, by the way. <laughs> and I know, listen, the the artists and uh, Scorsese, top five greatest filmmakers of all time, it, it, it rubs you the wrong way, but yeah. people like what they like. Yep, exactly. Uh, and the, the Irishman is getting great reviews, so there you go. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is doing damage control after a public scuffle with his girlfriend, Claudine De Niro, Sunday. Was it a scuffle or a kerfuffle? The Jerry Maguire star was toasting De Niro's birthday at Mango's Tropical Cafe in Miami when she appeared to chastise him, knocking down glasses across the bar and storming off. Huh. But hours later, they were spotted at Rockwell Nightclub, happy as can be. Uh, Gooding is facing down sexual misconduct ac- accusations from five women in multiple Manhattan bars and restaurants. Is so. it easier to reverse a scuffle or a kerfuffle? Uh, probably a scuffle because there are fewer syllables. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah so. it probably just comes down to that. Yeah. Uh, because life is short, Ellen DeGeneres is making Matt Damon don a sumo suit and navigate an obstacle course in a golf cart. Okay. Matt okay. Damon. 
Uh, the goal was to collect all the blue flags in one minute with $50,000 on the line going to his charity of choice. Matt Damon. Uh, after some setbacks, Damon completed the course and donned, uh, donated the funds to water.org. So Matt Damon. I haven't seen this, but apparently it's something that Ellen did. Do you watch uh, Ellen's uh, game show? I do not. It had, there are a lot of creative things. She's obviously a game show junkie. Yeah. And whoever the production team is on that show, they come up with a lot of pretty good stuff to do. Nice. We could get some ideas for Camp Out oh, yeah. Over from yeah. that. Absolutely. And then maybe... Uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, Brazilian-born comedian uh, Jada Cataprita will helm E's revival of Talk Soup. Yeah! Variety reports the franchise was launched in 1991 with a comedic take on daytime talk show highlights, reality TV series, and internet videos. Yeah! Uh, the head of production and development for Oxygen and E said, we're excited to bring this beloved franchise back to the network with a new take on an old favorite. Jade's quick wit and keen observations will provide a much-needed voice in today's pop culture landscape, uh, delivered in a way that only the soup can. I used to love the soup. I'd watch it all yeah. the time. I watched it uh, the most when Greg Kinnear was hosting just because it was new. And, and then I watched over the, you know, with uh, Henson and... Uh, I I watched it most McHale. with Henson, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel McHale I, did it as well. Yeah, yeah, but I think I probably did watch it with with Henson more because of that time of my life. Yeah, you know? I no. was just younger I, and. Yeah. I remember when Greg Kinnear made the leap from that to acting. I was like, "Really? Come on. That guy's going to act? This <laughs> cable dude? And he's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great actor." Uh, the show is expected to bow early next year as a weekly half-hour series, so we will see how that goes. And then, let me see, I think I had one more. Yeah, uh, Steve, you've been watching his Dark Materials? Yes, I have. Written by Jack Thorne. I, it looks really good. I'm eventually going to come around really to good. it. It is really good. Uh, starring Ruth Wilson. It got off to a great start for the BBC and HBO last week, but it appears to be faltering in its second outing. Uh, about 5.7 million viewers tuned into the BBC this past Sunday, uh, down from 7.2 million. That's still a lot of people, 5.7, who watched the series premiere. Uh, the episode aired on HBO Monday night, and in its first foray, it snagged 700,000 viewers, one of the cablers' best Monday debuts. Uh, listen, I'm I'm on board this thing. When I start to hear stuff like this, I get worried. I know. That you're going to be into this thing, and you're enjoying it, and then they stop producing it. Because yep. I will have to kill someone. Okay. Listen, well, Watchmen's still doing well. Yeah, and that's one that I'm like, please, please, please continue to do well because I now want I this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I play my own. Watchmen should be canceled before I die. Stick a needle in, in my, my eye. eye. Mm. Blue waffle. Uh, Hashtag blue waffle. Blue waffle. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> All right, let's do the clips. How about that? After a sudden turn of events, iconic blue-collar family uh, must find new way to... Who wrote this? Uh, Tonto. Uh, totally. Blue-collar family must find way. After a sudden turn sad of... Sad men lose job. I'll read it as is. Family sad. After a sudden turn of events, iconic blue-collar family must follow new way to make ends meet in the Connors. Arigato. In this clip, Sarah Gilbert expands on the new look of the Roseanne spinoff. Here we go. We had to figure out what is this version of the show. And so now everybody seems to be in lockstep and just excited to tell these stories and go on this adventure with this family. Shut the f*** up! New episode of Connors airs tonight, 8 p.m. ABC. (laughs) Must see. Must see. Next clip. Conrad Hawkins is one of uh, Christian Park Memorial Hospital's best doctors in the television drama The Resident. 
In this clip, Matt uh, Scherchi. Yeah, the great Matt Scherchi. Uh, it's it's C Z U C H R Y. What are C Z's? Churchy. Uh, uh Discusses what attracted him to the show in the first place. Here we go. That attracted me to it is is that universal quality of the storylines, and again the diversity of our cast and the diversity of those storylines. Because you know when wherever you're from, you want to turn on the television and see the world the way it looks for you. Now that's full setup. Now that is full setup. <laughs> the resident airs uh, Tuesday nights at eight, and that is on Fox, by the way. And there you go. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how many times, like these television series, person where a doctor will call an audible, like where they get into an actual verbal fight, and they, you know, if I lose, no, I'm not going to lose you on my watch. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would, you know, have we ever had a doctor show where it's about a doctor who actually. Isn't that smart? Uh, who barely got through medical school? You know, a doctor who got C's all through medical school. Can we have that kind of? Because I'm tired of the other ones. Oh, the ones that are so great. Yeah, lost another one today. Yeah, uh, the, uh, <laughs> there have been riffs on it. I mean, like, but but not not where the actual star, the protagonist, was a very inadequate doctor. <laughs> right. Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. I don't think you can get. Uh, yeah, you can. Talking. That's it's it's kind of like an Dr. old Doctor Morgue. What, what do you call a guy who went uh, through who got all C's through medical school? A dentist. Yeah, doctor. Oh, yeah, a doctor. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like on their testing, I, I don't think they can score in the seventies. Like I think they have to retake their tests. Then. I didn't say seventies. I said C. That's a that's a C. Mm. What, what, what is a C technically? Numerical. Seventy-five. 70s. All right. Yeah. Right. It's right. interesting. I, I was talking to a doctor a while back who I was asking questions about his profession, and and I was like, so they teach you how to like you know tie intricate yeah. knots and and all the stuff. He's like, you would be surprised. At what they don't teach you. Wow. He's like, no, they don't. You, uh, it's and and he he was opening up this whole world to me. He's like, you would be absolutely shocked, <laughs> horrified at <laughs> some people who have a medical degree and the lack of mm-hmm. training they actually have. Which I was like, really, man? Because I hear about all these hours and hours and hours and hours they spend as a as a uh, you know as a resident. And there are those learning yeah. this stuff, sleeping in the break room. Yeah, but I was. Uh, it was kind of scary, yeah. actually, hearing what he had to say. But, you know, uh, whatever. So, good luck in surgery today. You're on your way. <laughs> it's like trial and error. Uh, but everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Uh, we're going to take a break. We have a lot of guests on the program today. We have weird weather today as it's kind of comfy out now. But it's going to switch around lunchtime and be in the 30s. So, dropping temperatures, even a little bit of snow. Rain, definitely, but a little bit of snow mixed in in some areas. So, uh, winds as well. So, keep that in mind. As you get ready for the day. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Thanks, Kath. Uh, our buddy Pat House is going to be on the show later this morning. Cotter Barwin is stopping in, a few others. So we got some guests. And uh, you know what? Oh, oh, we should do this announcement, oh, Casey. Yeah, 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 it yeah. says it's supposed to be at this point in time. So for the Camp Out for Hunger, <clears throat> less than three weeks away now. December 2nd is when this starts. And we'll be, uh, of course, located at Xfinity Live at the Wells Fargo Center parking lot. 
Uh, so we've added to our giveaways for businesses. We really try to uh, to call from businesses who uh, can can donate. And obviously, we've had the prizes that we've had for years. Uh, the largest donation gets the Preston Steve Live Broadcasting replace a business. Second largest donation gets Pierre Robert Live Broadcasting the business. Third largest donation gets twenty thousand dollar advertising schedule on WMMR for quarter one of 2020. Now, also a random drawing for all businesses and organizations, large and small, that participate. You'll be entered to win a 36-month lease on a Xerox full-color copy print and scan system. It's a $10,000 copier from Heritage Business Systems, now a Xerox-owned company. So you get that uh, for a year. I'm sorry, 36 months. Yeah, yeah, three years. 36-month lease on this. So that's for anybody. So if you if you know that you're not going to be able to compete for the biggest prize and bring in tons and tons and tons of food, whatever amount you bring in the name of a business will be entered to win that prize. You're in the running. And this yeah. thing is kind of like an all-in-one suite. The amount of stuff you can get done, yeah. it, it would, it's it's suitable for any office. But yeah. I think for a, a smaller company, getting their, their legs. Yeah. Save you a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so last year's winner was a, a company in Springfield, Delco, called Brinker uh, Simpson. And, uh, you know, it's just like a, a small little like yeah. accounting firm or whatever. It's not this huge corporation or whatever. Um, and they came in. And donated and ended up, you know, winning it. It's and awesome. then they ended up donating that printer and copier to City Team in Chester. So really, you know, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, so like the the uh, the charity just keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah the giving keeps happening. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, and by the way, Subaru of America is encouraging local businesses to get involved via the business challenge. And there's details on how you can organize a uh, uh, a drive at your own place of business. We have a uh, the official campout poster and a toolkit at WMMR.com. Just use the keyword campout when you go over there. So another cool little thing for the campout. To that point, Preston, by the way, I get emails about people asking for boxes for donations. We don't provide boxes because there's just there's not enough and, and to successfully do the campout. We need those all for the campout. However, as you just mentioned, that kit... All the stuff. If you put the box together, get the box, all the stuff you would want to print and put on it that yep. says about the camp out for hunger and fill abundance and the food drive, that's all available on our website. Yep. Uh, speaking of our activities and people contacting us, I actually got an email with a photo yesterday of somebody already constructing their cardboard classic <laughs> sled. I like that. I'm not going to say what it is, but Casey, it is an homage to the movie One Crazy Summer. <laughs> No kidding. I yes. didn't get it. Oh. I was just talking now about One Crazy Summer yeah. yesterday. Oh, I bet guys. you I know what it is then. Huh. Uh, maybe. I don't yeah. know. But uh, I'll, uh, we'll have to talk about it off air. But yeah. people are already starting. I love that. I also think that, well, I have an idea for, right. for that. But we, we can talk about it. Remind me to tell you guys about it off air. All right. Uh, for the, but that's not till March. We're a ways off. Uh, in the meantime, we got the camp out for hunger. That's our main focus right now. Casey brought an interesting concept up. What? Uh, yeah, we had. Uh, yeah, you did. Believe it or not, uh, we had played a clip from somebody on a on a doctor on a, a medical procedure show, and uh, Casey had floated out the question of why don't they do a show about a doctor who's just barely good enough to be a doctor. <laughs> And it led me to think, do they do any shows where somebody is just barely good enough to be in their profession or not? You know, like a pretty crappy lawyer or a lousy cop or something like that? They have. Have they? They, they, they have. The where they just, they're not good police. Or, and depends, it might be a character. Depends on, on character or how, how broad a, a comedy it is. Right. right. It's, okay. it's seldom a drama where it's someone who's... You know, but and, and they'll have people who are bad at their jobs who are investigated and sussed out by the heroes on the show. Right. But it, it's seldom the hero... 
you know what? I'm not a very good detective. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but that said, it did raise a point that you you jumped on, Preston. Yeah. I have a friend who's a surgeon who told me about uh, you know because I, I have all kinds of questions for people to do that type of thing for a living. You know. God bless him. Uh, it's amazing, and the amount of school that you have to go through, and the amount of uh, you know, as an intern, you have to work to to learn how to do that stuff before you're trusted to be able to work on people yourselves, especially specialists. And uh, I was asking him some questions about the preparation for it, and he w- he essentially. The word was, you would be surprised on who they let operate on people. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. That's kind of terrifying. And then he later on, he's like, look, I don't want to make you scared or anything like that. Essentially, some people are better than others. But it, but it led to the, the thought of, I, I work in this, this, so this is the statement, I work in this industry and you would be surprised at what inept people they allow to do what I do. Right. 215-263-WMMR. I would, I would love to hear about this, even though it might scare the living bejesus out of us. Well, I mean, we've often heard the term, you know, oh, he or she is book smart but not street smart and stuff like that. And, and when it comes to, like, the medical industry... You can be really, really book smart, but like, suppose you're a surgeon that doesn't have good hand-eye coordination. Well, that's and that was my question. I'm yeah. like, did they teach you how to, you know, tie knots and and do you have to you have to be very dexterous as as well as incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. and know what to do at the right time. But you also have to have the physical capability to do these minute little things. So that's why you'll have people who consult, and you'll have people who are not. You know, they they, they they'll yeah. say someone's a maestro. So, uh, for example, like when I had my my uh, prostate surgery. Uh, Dr. Lee is like a maestro on the Da Vinci machine, which is this very precise thing that allows them to go in. I couldn't see somebody with the hands of like a like a like a John Madden, you yeah. know, go, go, you know, going in and doing that. You've got to have you got to have the chops. I got to point this out. He's a great guy and he's really talented at what he does. But our friend Mike over at Shaving Grace. Do you remember when we oh. had uh, we? Well, he was nervous. He was shaving his head. Come out and oh, shave right. his mustache, <laughs> and Mike gets up there with a straight razor in his hand. He was shaking, uh-huh. and it was just because he was nervous. He was nervous. There, yeah. there yeah. were cameras. There were lights. We were on the radio. We were live, and, I'm and like, we built it up. I'm like, dear God, don't cut him. We oh should've... my God, he's dead! <laughs> he should have gotten somebody else from Shaving Grace. Yeah. And he's, he, listen, yeah. he does a great business. He's a successful. He yeah. obviously knows what he does. But I just remember seeing that hand shaking, going, "Oh my God, <laughs> what are we doing?" Wow. Uh, you know, not that. Uh, all right, I don't even have the, the, the pre-statement here, but I've, I've watched documentaries on like the drug trade and uh, these guys that are like making and mixing heroin down in Mexico. And now they're lacing it all with fentanyl. You got these guys that are just kind of like eyeballing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's kind of like an important, you know, scientific thing going on there. And, you know, that's why people, what? You mean my illegal drug maker is not <laughs> yeah. doing things on the Isn't up and up? Isn't that crazy? Not by government standards? Not by government standards. Wait a second. Don't, like... don't they have to be licensed before they become <laughs> cartel operators? Well, wouldn't you want them to be? You I know, think just I, a little bit? I think we're going for something a little more regulated. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, but the uh... free-ranging <laughs> drug trade. Uh, uh, let me go to some calls, and this could be, listen, this is open to interpretation, by the way. So uh, I'm going to go to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Elizabeth, it says here you're a teacher. Oh, my gosh. There are so many teachers that I know that are not the brightest bulbs. <laughs> Meaning just not intelligent or they don't know how to talk to no, students? they're intelligent. 
they're just goofy and off or odd or something along those lines, you know. They're not really with it 100%. A, being a good teacher is a talent. It's not it just, is. It's not yeah, an intelligence. Yep, it's yep, being yep, able to make a connection. Right. I had so many teachers specifically in middle school that I just they they just didn't want to be there. They didn't care about kids and I was just, you know, you you, tell no, I absolutely I, I teach, agree. I teach middle school, yeah. So it's it's just some really goofy people that I don't know how they even got this far. And I mean, people that have their masters and doctorates, and it's really interesting. So Elizabeth, like for for example, I, I so we watch the class. I you know at home before we watch Classroom and yeah. then, and then Jeopardy. And and this uh, maybe yeah. it's a product of uh, occasionally teachers being nervous, but you'll have respected schools on there, and the faculty. There'll be three contestants facing off against the students. Now I freely admit I'm a moron. But there are basic things I think a teacher should know, know. Yeah. That, that I'm like, I'll look at my wife and say, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Yes. But you were, you were in that setting. You know. The, and that's you, why I say the, that, the whole, yes. That's why. But I'm like, yeah. I mean, things that even I think would transcend even the nervousness. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I had a lot of great teachers, but I did have one English teacher in particular who she misspelled things all the time on the blackboard. Oh, really? I, I mean, like simple <laughs> things. And I will never forget. So um, in the uh, Declaration of Independence, it's inalienable rights, right? Right, yeah. She would say unalienable rights. <laughs> unalienable rights. Unalienable rights. That was my English teacher, guys. <laughs> Interesting. Your English teacher? That was my wow. English teacher. <laughs> wow. Uh, unalienable right. rights. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Have All a nice right. day. Bye. We'll see you later. Listen, I, yeah, I also want to say there are teachers, some, they've been phenomenal. Absolutely. Yes. Here, so we'll, we'll, and that is uh, an unalienable fact. <laughs> we'll have that, <laughs> that caveat that they're also yeah. wonderful people in these That's businesses. a caviar fact. That's a caveat. <laughs> I bought a house two years ago, and uh, we went through some real estate agents who should have been in another line of work. And, <sighs> and, and, and there are, and we ended up with one who was phenomenal and knew the market well and knew how to buy houses and sell houses and was so helpful. I'm so grateful to her. But there were some real estate agents. Maybe they just backed their way into that job or something. I I don't know. But it just seemed to me like this is not the line of work for you. Nick, before we got the one who eventually got our house that's in Mount Airy. It's like dating, right, Steve? Like you find one. Yeah, find the right one. But I'm I'm tired of you. You hook up the the real estate person and it's always – and then here is the – Kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they don't. They've never been in the house, you know. They, yeah, and, and it, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, uh, this is, uh, and this room has some lovely um, uh, uh, crown molding. Oh, I hate it. It's it. You're right. It's right. it can be changed. Yeah. Come on, and it's like have hey, some backbone. Now you see these windows. Now you can look out of these windows, and then if you're outside, you can right. look. Threw them back inside. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I know how windows. Oh work. my god, these Would doors you... have handles, <laughs> which you might find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato right. sandwich. Yeah. To quote uh, Trading Places, but right? realtors are that job is what you make it. You know, yes. my brother. We talked about him earlier, uh, Jim. Who he's a real estate agent, and he is one of the most successful real estate agents that I know because that he made it his his job. It is his full-time job. He doesn't just go out on, you know, to show houses every once in a while. He's passionate about he's it. He's passionate about it, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to some other uh, calls. I'm going to go to, let's go to Jared. Hi, Jared, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, what's up, man? So, so my wife is a doctor, and she worked with another one a couple of years ago who absolutely led to the death of multiple people because of incompetence. Oh, Jeez. my God. Oh. So was, was this found out by the law, or what, what happened in this case? So, you know, a lot of the medical school is not easy to get into, and a lot of these foreign medical schools, 
if you pay the money, they'll let you in. Yeah. And then some underserved areas, they'll hire anybody. And they'll bring in these people who are just absolutely frightening, like missing the most basic things, messing up medicines, the dosages, uh, missing obvious things on tests. And my wife told me at least twice people probably would have lived at least for a while longer if it Ooh. wasn't for this person. So if you don't feel good about your doctor, you, you got to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah sure. Jerry, they, so that, that the long joke was that, you know, they, like in South America, they take their their uh, their, their medical boards with their, the game of operation, you yeah. know. But, but there, Preston, when I was growing up, there was a doctor in town. Dr. Pospisil was his name. Pospisil. Pospisil. And uh, the final nail in his medical career was that he amputated a leg that in no way needed to be oh, amputated. And this this guy had a lot. And then once you heard that story, you heard the other stories right. of things he had done. And he was one of these old school, a uh, doctor who smoked back then when that <laughs> happened. Yeah. And it was just, oh, my God. Wow. Uh, I will go next to, let's go to Emily. Hi, Emily. Good morning. Good. We were talking about uh, the uh, profession. You wouldn't believe some of the people they let do it, uh, even though they're inept. Um, yeah. So I work in, the, in hairdressing. And so the thing with hairdressing is you go to cosmetology school, but the program is only 10 months. And then when you go to take your state board, there's not even like a practical portion to it anymore. So it's like just a written exam that you take. And then you can like go become a hairdresser. But you have been doing I, it for 10 months. So you, wow. I would think, yeah. Emily, that they'd, they'd have you at least show some of your chops on one of those, like, dummy heads there, like, a, like the, you know, the, the Barbies, the big mm-hmm. Barbie bus that you could, you know, it's to show, see that, so to your point, Preston, that's a thing where you would assume there's, there is some sort of practical. Physical. To show that you have yeah. some capability. Emily, does, does that surprise you? It does. Like, there used to be a practical, but apparently within the past two years, they just removed it. I mean, wow. I was I was kind of happy about that because it made it easier for me to get my license. But um, so then basically after you get your license, you can either go like be an apprentice for a couple of years and then kind of get, you know, earn your chops that way. Or you can go work at like other salons, um, like hair cuttery and stuff like that. All right. Um, well, let, then- let me ask you, Emily. So so while you're in this school for 10 months, are you cutting any hair at all? Um, yeah, but it, because it's 10 months, it's like you learn a haircut, you practice it twice, and then you move on to the next thing. And then, like, <sighs> then there was a couple months where we would take people in from the street, but, like, you know, I, I, I gave some messed up haircuts. <laughs> so, is, so anyway, is, is there a classroom of people with safety scissors in, in, in the midair going click, 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 click? Like, I, I, I'm cutting it this way because to me, you would have to see. Wouldn't you have to see how you well, can yeah, execute so, that cut? So, Emily, I think also what she was saying is that a lot of them will, will go into a salon and you don't, if it's like a, you know, a reputable salon, you're not going to get hired right away to cut hair. Right. You're going to go in and be oh. an apprentice. You're going to work under right. somebody yeah. for a pretty decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the path that I'm on right now because I was like, I don't want to go and make my mistakes like on people and have <laughs> them be like really mad at me. I'd rather have, <laughs> I, I, I take time with my boss and then I do cuts on mannequin heads and and then I bring in models. And All right. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I guess I can get that. If, 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 these, if the standard procedures, you go to a salon and then you sort of uh, intern and you, right. you try your chops there under the tutelage of another person who's already practiced at it, I can get it. But still, that, that, throws, that surprises me, Preston, that the actual licensing test doesn't yeah. require yeah. a practical. I think it used to be yeah. where they would bring yeah. in volunteers who would get a free cut yeah. and they would be mm-hmm. judged while they were... I'd like a haircut, please! Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just don't touch his testicle. Right here, Mr. Larry. He's got three of them. <laughs> I got uh, a problem! All right, thank you, Emily. I had three 
schools. Wow. No, I didn't know that. Uh, let's go to, let me go to Justin. Hi, Justin. Good morning. Gadzooks, guys. What's up? Gadzooks, bud. So we're talking about uh, industries where you wouldn't believe they let people do this, even though they don't know what they're doing. Uh, well, here's one that'll scare you. It's because they're everywhere. Uh, truck drivers. Is that what you do? Yeah, I'm a truck driver. Okay. Are you talking about a semi or what kind of truck? Any kind of truck. Any I kind of truck. I specifically, I drive a flatbed with a forklift on the back of it. Okay. But that's a large enough vehicle, you know, many tons, and it, it can kill somebody easily. Sure. Yeah, oh, my what's, God, yeah. What's, what's crazy about it, uh, Justin, is that um, anybody can kind of drive a truck up into a certain weight. Is that correct? Yeah, when you have a class B, you can only you can uh, you can drive stuff that's like twenty six thousand pounds or heavier, but it has to be a single body. After that, you need a class A if you're going to have like a trailer or anything attached to it. So, so a, a class C is what for motorcycles and stuff like that, or what? A class C is just for regular cars. You need a class M for a motorcycle. When when I went, I one time I went to the motor vehicle. It was here, and they gave. And I remember getting the the study material, and I'm like, God, there's a lot of stuff about trucks. And and uh, and stuff like that, and they were they were giving me the wrong stuff for a, for a, uh, a truck license test. It's it's an entirely set of different set of information, correct? It is. It's like you have to you have to know your weight classes and everything. Yeah, you have to I'm like, having hazmat and all. I that. just want to drive my goddamn car. <laughs> okay, like that's, that's a problem. There is a lot of these rules, and what happens is so many people go for that test and get pushed through, and they don't have what's like. It's not in the book, but you really need to have, like, good decision-making and good judgment calls. Like, if you're driving in traffic, you have to always be prepared to have an exit route so you don't rear-end somebody or you can avoid danger that's up ahead. I'll tell you what. The, the so, guys we deal with, like the guys who, who um, you know, uh, come out and work the camp out for hunger yeah. uh, and do all the, that tr- the surgical nature which they park those trucks and move that stuff out. Yeah. And because those time, are the good ones. Yeah, those are the good ones. The yeah. bad ones, like, I'll give you a, a short story guy I used to work with, he scared me every day. I don't know how he had his uh, Class A CDL. And I'm just like, he's driving tractor trailers. And I was—I remember working with this guy. He's sitting in my truck. And I'm telling him, because I, I can tell something's not quite taking with him, but I'm like, look, man, we don't have proper GPSs in this truck. They will take you to low bridges. You have to be careful. And I kept telling him it. He got into his, uh, his tractor trailer, goes down towards the main line, and wrecks the truck. And I'm, he goes under a bridge that's too short. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, and I looked at the bridge he hit, and I'm like, how did you hit that? <laughs> on, the, on, the, on, the, on the stoplight before the bridge, there is a laser warning that lights up and flashes saying, your truck is too high. Oh, and it flat the- out can wow. detect oh, how yeah. big oh, your yeah. truck is and says, Stop. And he still hit yeah. it. Oh, Justin, is it right at two, is it at 252 and 30 by any chance? Um, I don't think that was it. It was a different one. I'm just like. Look, that, the lights weren't even the worst part. <laughs> they have barrels hanging down from a pole that'll scrape the top of your truck. Mm-hmm. He ran through those so hard they looped around. And <laughs> he was playing like tetherball. Yeah. So oh, he ignored funny. multiple signs, flashing lights, hanging barrels, and just straight up full sent it through the bridge. And like, oh my god! Wow. Yeah, that makes you that that worries you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're driving around and stuff like that. Hey, Justin, I have a, a, a side question. You, you don't sound like it. Are you a big guy? Uh, I'm getting fat because I got married. Well, not fat. <laughs> Almost all truck drivers I see are big dudes. I mean, like, not no. just, not not wide. I mean, just big guys. I see them all well, the time. They're usually big guy crawling out of that cab. I like to call myself <laughs> Big Sexy, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm a normal, I'm a normal guy. Big right. I drive me, I ain't trying to train. Right. All right. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate no it, man. Wow. 
yeah, that one's interesting. Uh, let's see. How about we have a lot of different ones to go to. Yeah. How about Ben on uh, line eight here? I'm going to go to Ben. You're on the air. Ben. Good morning, guys. How hey, are you all doing? Good, man. So you are a chemist. Yeah, so I, I'm actually a professor at one of the local universities. But before that, I was an industrial scientist. Okay. Uh, as a chemist, we work with things that, you know, can explode. They're <laughs> pyrophoric. They they burst into flames on exposure to air, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and one, of the, one day I was in the lab, and this scientist uh, pulled me aside and said he's got this bottle of, uh, of a particular compound called butylithium. And he had called the site safety officer and wanted to know what to do with it because it's a big crack down the side. Uh, and it's the kind of thing that if you know, expose it to air even a little bit, it'll burst the flames immediately. Jesus. You imagine a, a liter is, is a lot of material, right? <laughs> so you know this, by the way. The other, the other people don't know this, but you're well aware. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the, and the safety guy is this is a 5,000 person facility. He's <laughs> supposed to be head of, you know, know all the stuff about safety. He told him to just, oh, go toss it in a bucket of water. Right. And I, and I said, no, 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 wait a minute. And, uh, you know, because I had been the safety officer before this guy. And so I called the, the site fire marshal who works for the company. And, you know, 10 hours later, we've got the bomb squad out with those, those big <laughs> wow. iron steel balls to take it out, clear it out the floor. And when, when they took it out in the parking lot at about 1 in the morning, it created a, a, a 20-foot fireball. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So he, he, he was telling you initially just to put it in a bucket of water. Yeah. Yeah, well, fortunately, the guy who we were speaking to knew, knew better than that and just got an inkling that didn't sound right. Uh, yeah, it would have. So in that in that lab, we had probably about fifty or sixty liters of solvent. So and plus other chemicals. So if, if you'd done that, it would have blown up, created a twenty foot fireball, and ignited everything else in the lab. Probably would have destroyed the building. Wow. To that to that point, yeah. and it, uh, to uh, uh, chemicals and being unaware, and this is totally, uh, you know, it's it, this is low end compared to what you were doing. But there's a thing. There's also an article, Preston, that just recently came out about. Combining cleaning fluids, and yes, one of my correct. one of my first jobs was, you know, cleaning, just mopping up. I was what they called the porter, and the woman who was one of the managers of the place said, "Just we we make a mixture. We put the Ajax in the Clorox." Huh? Yeah, ammonium bleach, bad idea. And, and I, I swear to God, I'd be mopping with this stuff. So I was young, but there'd be a lot of old people sitting in there at the counter with their with their coffee, and you start to see them start swaying. <laughs> I, I was basically yeah, like yeah. making mustard gas, right? You're lucky. People people die doing that. You know, they'll do it in their home, in a, like in a bathroom or something like that, where it's a closed environment. And they end up dead. Yeah. So it's, ben, it's very dangerous. In in your industry, do you from time to time come across people that you can't believe that they are doing, oh, that the they time. are chemists, really? All the time, yes. <sighs> you know, most most time we have we have so many layers of safety and precautions, you know, that, that you keep them, it keeps them from doing things that can really get in trouble. But, you know, there there are things that happen even with the smartest of people. There was a, I remember a story a couple of years ago, probably about 10, 15 years ago, uh, a, a first person in California was working with something called dimethylmercury. Uh, it's very dangerous because it's a it's a very powerful alkylating agent. It can alkylate DNA very quickly. She spilled about a drop or so on her on her on her ungloved hand. Was dead six months later. Oh, so it so, so you're saying it will it will it will absorb right? It will break apart your your actual flesh or what? Well, what it is doesn't it? it doesn't break it apart. It, it will go so it goes it goes right through the skin, absorbs and, in your system, and, and alkylates the uh, so it puts the methyl groups or, or carbon. CH3s on 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 the DNA where it shouldn't be, and that screws oh. up all sorts of stuff. Oh but my god! There's, there's other things. I mean, we have we work with things, something called dimethyl sulfoxide, which on its own is not very dangerous, but it, it will go through directly through the skin on its own. Uh, and if it's got a chemical inside it, you know, so say any, anything, it carries it straight through the skin. 
So if you had, say, sodium cyanide in the MSO and you got a drop on your skin, well, guess what? You're dead from cyanide poisoning. Wow. That yeah, is, that, I, I would like to know everything. I'd like wow. to, I, I want mm-hmm. the, the, the smartest people working with that stuff. Yeah, yeah that's well, interesting. Like said, there's, there's a lot of very, very uh, heavy precautions that we take. Yeah. So that the people in the industry, even the ones who perhaps shouldn't be there, are safe just because we're so careful about how we do things. Right. I, uh, I assume, anybody, yeah. Anybody yeah. who gets into our lab that doesn't do the right the right safety precautions, uh, you, they get thrown out pretty damn quickly. Interesting. Uh, or they, or they blow themselves up. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ben. Well, that too. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. <laughs> have a good one. So, someday we'll have to do another conversation of uh, who has the most dangerous job that yeah. listens to the show because that sounds pretty wild. And also there's another thing. So I saw a text come up that said, uh, and whether it's true or not, I don't know, it said in Pennsylvania, uh, you pay if you, uh, you pay $60 and you can call yourself a contractor. Oh, what? Wow. And I, and that's another conversation. What can you just pay for? And, <laughs> you know, like Steve's a, uh, she's, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a minister. minister. Oh, but don't, don't diminish bucks. it. It is what it, you it make took, it. it. I spent over four minutes. Yeah. Filling <laughs> out your my form and yeah. my credit card information. Yeah. That's another one. What can you pay this amount for? And all of a sudden you've got this title. Maybe that's why there are all those contractors. So they're constantly doing the stories about them. Just, you know, take it off. Well, they need the, the, yeah. that's the an industry. Kathy, you're exactly right where they, they, you need to vet the person who's doing work on your home. Yeah, when we first, uh, when I was living with my parents, the person who did our deck was my cousin, and yeah. he was he was just starting out, and the the whole deck was fine. The steps, on the other hand, yeah. um, he didn't like. Uh, I don't even know how to describe. It didn't connect them. Well, so you know how <laughs> they like, were floating. So, well, kind of. Yeah. You know how like uh, the frame of the steps kind of it's you know like uh, it, they basically steps. look like steps, yeah. and then you place a board over top of them. Yeah. He didn't do it that way. He basically just had like two slabs of of wood that went down and then nailed the steps into each other. Oh, I know oh, what you're right. talking about. Yeah, right, right. Um, and That's not going to hold over time. It did not. Yeah. I mean, it, but that was luckily for us because the deck was a little high off the ground. That was like the only the, the rest of the deck held fine, but the steps on the other hand, hey, eighty like, percent mm. of it stayed perfectly <laughs> intact. <laughs> uh, let me go. We only have time for a couple more calls. I'm going to go to uh, Danette. Is that your name, Danette? Yes, that's my name. Hi, Danette. What you're a uh, you're an RN. You're a nurse. Yes, I am. That's oh. true. Okay, and... and I can tell you, uh, I can second the notion that there's a lot of terrible surgeons out there. So <laughs> always ask a nurse who to go to. Okay. And also, there are terrible, terrible, have no business being nurses, nurses out there. What if you ask one of them for advice on your surgeon? Would you go ask a surgeon? No, no, obviously you wouldn't do that. (laughs) Well, well, let me ask you this, because I'll tell you my personal experience. Every time I've been, you know, uh, having procedures done or whatever... It's the nurse that always seems to have the beat on what's going on, and it's it's yeah. always they're the ones. They do now so now we much. Have, we have a great doctor. We all have Doctor uh, uh, Mike, who's fantastic. But the people that I've encountered, I'm you know in in the in the pen group, I have I all very thorough. But I imagine with that many people, you're going to get some some bad or inexperienced or people just not good at their job. What's the worst dereliction of nursing duty you have ever seen? Oh God, where I. That would require an entire show. <laughs> okay. Um, it's that bad, is it? Yeah, it can be that bad. And, you know, it's just a lot of uh, younger, newer nurses graduate from school, and they think it's this, like, glamour job. And then they end up 
Um, you know, and they get straight A's in school, and they love to talk about that, and the Ivy League schools that they get their nursing degree from, but yet they have no common sense whatsoever right. and end up, you know, making very uh, dangerous and can be life-threatening mis- nursing mistakes. So, you know, when you think about in terms of uh, it's really the nurse who's there with you most of the time or all of the time. Um, yes. And what they need to know and be capable of, there's a lot out there who are not. Huh. And it's, it, it's, it's scary. And what's even scarier about that is that um, a lot of people, they graduate from nursing school and decide that they can't handle, you know, hospital or or clinical or floor nursing. So they become and, truck drivers. <laughs> no, they become nurse practitioners. And now they're writing you prescriptions. Oh, geez. And, and that's even scarier. Well, so my mom has had a very long career as a registered nurse, and she has a lot of different certifications. But if you put a needle in her hand, she's what is that? Get that away from me. She oh, I wonder do, where that comes from. She can't do like <laughs> an, an IV, any sort of inject. Like she, she, we laugh at her. We're like, you, you did go to nursing school, right? But my mom has always worked in in drug and alcohol. She's been a psychiatric nurse her entire time. And when okay. she went to nursing school in the emergency room, she was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I can't do this part. It's awful. The, the part uh, now, now the ineptitude of, of some would be would definitely be scary. And, and listen, I understand in almost any industry, if you're in it for a while, you can become desensitized uh, yeah. to certain things. And the ones that, that kind of bother me a little bit when it comes to uh, uh, medical workers is when you have what you perceive as something is very important or very, uh, you know, scary and are kind of brushed off because they see this type of thing every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it's happened on rare occasions to me, and I just like I'm like, oh, I, I had hurts. once I had one situation. It was just a one one guy. It wasn't a nurse, but it's a, a guy. At, uh, I was getting a barium swallow, you know, and I was getting the test. And this guy was just totally like, you know, like uh, stand aside, stand to the left, to the left, and, and he's barking on commands. And, and I went. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is new for me, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So calm down, yeah. Dr. Feelgood. Let's <laughs> relax here. And, 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 and I mean, you could see him, and even the nurse was almost looking at me like, finally, someone's saying stuff to this jerk off. And then later on, I was asking other people, and everyone would go, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the one guy. Otherwise, the nurses and all, you know, you because, again, you're, you're, pressing, you're right. You don't know what you have, yeah. and you're relying on, their A, their kindness, and B, their expertise. Yep. Do we have time to go to, Thanks, to Glenn, Lynette. the anesthesiologist? Because I'd love to hear about awful habits. Uh, it's going to be a quick one. Okay. So let me go to him real quick. Hi, uh, <laughs> Glenn, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. I think me and Danette know a lot of the same people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an anesthesiologist or an anesthetist? Which is it? No, I'm an anesthesiologist. I work with So you believe in God? <laughs> that's, oh, no, that's an atheist. I'm sorry. Or an atheist. No, I do. Yeah. I do. No, I'm just kidding. I go ahead. I've worked with all types. I've worked with great surgeons. Most of them are great. Seriously, most surgeons are great. But then they're the ones who just do whatever they want and figure they'll just kind of wing it. So when they get in there, they just look at the rep, and they go, the rep's the guy who comes, comes and brings the equipment. Yep. And, and they go, so uh, what do I do next? <sighs> and the rep goes, well, do it. You know, you have to turn, no doctor, turn it left, not right. And I'm just standing there like, what the F is going on? Right, and, right. Like, you didn't do your homework before you came in I, here. 
And I'm just trying to give anesthesia and keep this person alive because the doctor's doing his best part doing the opposite. And, you know, that's one. I had one guy who was shaking. He must have been 85 years old. He was shaking so hard, I was ready just to come in and take over for him. I mean, I don't know if he didn't take his pills that morning or not. That was horrible. I, I'll, I'll tell you um, what, from my from a patient's point, you know, like when you people like and I've had the, you know, I've been put under for, for a couple of different things. You guys are, are very important. I've always had a good experience where you're made to feel comfortable that you're being put under, you're, you know, you're, you're, and you don't know what yeah. to what to anticipate. And and every time it's it's been wow that these people have been really nice and really cool. I think that's a key part as well. Just besides the expertise, the inability yeah. to relate to the patient, I'm sure, is a critical failure for a lot of these people. Oh yeah, a lot of well, a lot of anesthesiologists understand that after the years they develop this certain camaraderie with the patient to try to help them relax. That's kind of what we do. And again, you don't learn that in school. You just go, well, this woman's not calming down no matter what I do. So come on, distract her and tell a few jokes. And after a while, hey, that kind of works. So then you develop this whole routine. Yeah. And it turns into this comedy show. It's kind of kind of <laughs> circle. Some people just don't laugh at all, though. Well, you, yeah. you sound good at it. Right? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't. I, I, I've had. Yeah. No, sorry, Glenn. I was just going to ask you because there was an anesthesiologist, and I forget the exact story, so I'm not going to give the details that I think they are. But basically, it w- uh, he was at fault for uh, a few children that had died during <laughs> surgery uh, and, yeah. and was fired from his job. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I mean, there's got to be some anesthesiologists that don't quite have it together either. Well, I know I know a lot of anesthesiologists, not including me, but that won't even go near children. I mean, I know. I, I know I have a colleague right now. She's like, I want to take this new job, but I don't want to go near children because I can't have that on my mind if right. something were yeah. to happen. It, so it, that's why you have, you know, pediatric anesthesiologists that train an extra three gazillion years. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a very precise thing. It's it's, it's a critical step, uh, you oh, know. Geez. But it, honestly, if you want to, if you want to. Get that off your mind and not worry as much. Say you're administering administering the anesthesia and really don't. And yeah, there you go. Sure, yeah, there you go. <laughs> all yeah, right. Be, uh... <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, Have Glenn. a good one. Appreciate it. Wow, it's interesting. Has there little... been stories like that, Preston, where people were not given anything and were yeah. fully awake for procedures? Yeah. Loads of calls that we're not going to be able to get to, obviously, of uh, people who have seen, you know, <laughs> For the scary things. Of, yeah. Uh, this individual should not be doing this, yet they are continued to allow to do it. So uh, thanks for your calls. We appreciate that. I just want to remind you, we are professionals here at the Preston and Steve Show. <laughs> we are surgeons. <laughs> yes. We are. We paid the 50 bucks. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we got the policy. You don't even need an FCC license anymore, no, man. Right. You used to. You guys don't have them. Oh, I, thank God I there's do. no such thing in our industry as malpractice yeah, because seriously. we would be sued out the yin-yang. Stutter through. Yeah. Live reads. Uh, here's what we do. We take you to the happy place. We have Preston and Steve Knight Thursday night in King of Prussia. And I have a four-pack of tickets for you to join us. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. Thursday, like I said. I'm going early to go shopping first. <laughs> oh, joy. Uh, callers 10 and 11. I will so give fun. you uh, passes, too. So cute. It's so cute and 215-263-WMMR. And uh, don't forget that you can check out all the details at happyplace.me and get the tickets there as well as most Instagrammable pop-up in America. Noise. It's uh, at the mall through January 5th, by the way, where JCPenney used to be. 215-263-WMMR. Coming back with the Bizarre Files. Stay with us. 
Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by energy transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Bimbo Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Comcast Spectacor and Philadelphia Flyers, Whitehorse RV Center, Precision Solutions, Acme Markets, Keen Compressed Gas, Ashley Home Stores, and Injury Recording and Production. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Let us open up the pages of the Bizarre File, please. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Brought to you by our fine friends at Lorenzo and Sons Pizza. Lorenzo and Sons Pizza has been family owned and operated since 1970. You can visit Lorenzo and Sons Pizza at Xfinity Live in Westchester and in the Wells Fargo Center. So we're going to start with this. Police in the Russian city of St. Petersburg plan to interrogate a prominent professor mm-hmm. who has been detained on suspicion of killing a female student after he was pulled from a frigid river with a backpack containing severed arms inside of it. Oh, my God. Yes. So say, take us through this again. He's pulled from the river with a backpack. He's got severed arms in it. Yeah, so they think that he killed uh, one of his female students. His name is Oleg Sokolov. He's a history professor at St. Petersburg State University. More specifically, history of severed arms. uh, Who is an expert in French revolutionary military history. Uh Uh-huh. And apparently he dresses up as Napoleon and does character stuff. And mutilates people. Uh, He was found Saturday in the Moika River with the rucksack with the appendages in it. Please to help with my rucksack. Uh, Police later found the body of his student in his apartment. Jesus. Yeah. Sokolov has signed a statement of guilt as well. He was hospitalized Saturday for hypothermia, but was taken to a police station for how'd, questioning. How did he end up in the river, did they say? No, they didn't. Is it fly fishing? Uh, reports say Sokolov had been awarded France's Legion of Honor for his work. <laughs> they just might past. take that back. Wow, yeah. Uh, they say a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Not so for Steve Morrow, whose desired purchase of one bird accidentally resulted in the ownership of one Thousand chickens. Morrow said that he was browsing. What tra- would you expect to pay for this amazing package? <laughs> Hi, I'm Gene Simmons, noted chicken fancier. Morrow said that he was browsing trademe.co.nz, which is New Zealand's largest auction website. Mm-hmm. Another big chicken sale going on in New Zealand. When he stumbled upon a post that was for urgent sale, a screenshot of the ads. Seen, All chickens must go. Seen by Insider indicates that uh, the seller was looking to move a thousand hens from its free range egg farm. By Monday, as it was closing down and needed to be vacated. We've lost our lease. All hens must go. So it said, for urgent sale, 1,000 bird mixed age flock of brown (laughs) shavers and high lines. The ad read. I'm getting so turned on. But Morrow, who managed a bed and breakfast, said that uh, he was only looking for a couple more hens as he already uh, had 10 on his property that provided eggs for his guests' breakfast. He said that he he misread the ad, thinking (laughs) that he could put in a bid and take as many or as few as the hens as he wanted. He initially put in a bid 
for $6.70. And by Sunday morning, he discovered he won the auction for a thousand chickens. Six bucks got him a thousand chickens? Yeah. The seller, Matthew Blum... Prices have never been lower. The seller, Matthew Blumfield, later spoke tomorrow and asked him about the what he planned to do with a thousand hens. He said, I was stunned. I was shocked. I was speechless. Unsure of what to do with his plentiful poultry purchase... Morrow posted a Facebook message board and Monday urgently asked for help. Within hours, Morrow said he received thousands of replies from people across the country offering to lend a hand in rehoming the birds. And he said, I had to turn my phone off at 1 a.m. It was so overwhelming and I was blown away. The animal sanctuary contacted him and offered to coordinate the rescue of the hens and send them off to their prospective homes. He was able to find homes for all 1,000 birds by 3 p.m. the next day. That's astonishing, though. So he has the highest bid, six bucks on 1,000 hens. And he got them. And uh, he had no idea. So, But he did manage to find homes for them, so that's good. Dude, this video is scary. I saw this. A Popeye's chicken employee... Yeah. was arrested on Friday after body slamming a 55-year-old woman outside of the restaurant. Did you see oh, this? I did. Oh. It's brutal. Yeah, the 29-year-old uh, Darian's Hughes was charged with felony aggravated assault for the incident. A lawyer representing the victim, Deborah Staggs, said she was trying to get a refund after being double-charged for food. Things escalated after Staggs and Hughes got into an argument. Huh. In an Alviro video, Hughes is seen slamming Staggs to the ground. I mean, picks her up and just like does a WWE boom, slam to the ground. That defies uh, company policy. It's supposed to be a falcon punch. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, he stepped over that a little bit. There are now conflicting stories about the incident with employees reportedly accusing Staggs of using the N-word and asking her repeatedly to leave. Stag's lawyer has denied that their client used a racial slur and said the store's manager immediately began insulting her when she returned to request a refund after checking her bank statement. Uh, the lawyer said that uh, she tried to leave the building before she was attacked. Uh, she, listen to this. She suffered six cracked ribs, nine fractures in her arm, and a broken knee. Love That's, that chicken from Popeye. That is a pretty bad injury, man. That way, The <clears throat> slam is just brutal. Uh, Popeye's spokesperson said in a statement the company was shocked over the attack, and obviously uh, the person who did it was arrested. Well, how about this? Amazon has pulled a kid's T-shirt. Oh, no. That says, Daddy's Little Slut on the front. (gasps) No. This is a big social media backlash. The original shirt was $18 and sold by Only Baby Care. And has been on Amazon since June, but it went viral last week. This is a picture of my three-year-old in a little slut shirt. The description of the shirt said that it was suitable for playing outside, birthday parties, baby showers, baptism, among other family-friendly activities. Uh, Of course, social media reacted to it. Uh, And an Amazon spokesperson said that all sellers must follow our selling guidelines and those who do not will be subject to uh, action, including potential removal of their account. The production product who's checking the stuff as it goes up. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they, I don't think they check it right away because we've seen Nazi yeah. stuff. Yeah. We've seen all kinds of things that end up by these third parties. I saw a, an adorable little baby Nazi uh, uh, onesie. Uh, the product in question is no longer available. Meanwhile, the T-shirt is still available online if you want to get Daddy's little slut, but not on Amazon for your kid. It's just not on Amazon. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Christmas, just around the corner. <laughs> it's pretty wild. And there you go. That is what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. All right, we have a couple of guests in our studio, and we're excited because they are, they've are uh, they released a comic book. Yes, always good news. And it's one from our own family. He's one of the most creative, talented guys we know, Mr. Nick Murphy. Yeah. 
From our video department, and and not only that, we were talking about you and your web series, uh, your your YouTube series uh, earlier this morning. Continue. And Nick's like a big star, man. He's been in YouTube world. He is a, he is a mofo. Loads of followers. He is the Orson Welles of and YouTube. <laughs> Continue is a is a three person show, and we have person number two from Continue. It's uh, Paul Ritchie who's here. Hey, 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 hey. Hello, how you doing, Paul? Doing good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys too. Who's, I'd argue who's more famous? One. Who's more famous? You or you or Nick Murphy? Probably Ooh, Paul. Are we Paul. going off count? I when mean. You, when you go to the convention, and obviously you, you break up your separate lines, and, mm-hmm. and all the adoring fans line up, who's, who, who gets the more excitement? Who gets the more uh, exposed <laughs> breasts and all that stuff? Uh, probably Josh. Okay, the they, definitely Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. one you don't have on the show. I so. think yeah. when we go to a convention, everyone looks like me, so it's mm-hmm. hard to, to <laughs> identify who's the are all those is. girls that will wear the Nick's Little Slut shirt. <laughs> <laughs> From Amazon. Uh, they really amazing. Has, yeah. uh, you have more Twitter followers, so... Uh, He's more famous. Yep. Uh, okay, so sorry. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. I'll concede. <laughs> officially more famous. <laughs> All right, so so you guys do this web series. It focuses on video games, gaming, that whole culture. It's a lot of fun. I've watched some episodes. Uh, you guys have a really good time. But uh, the just the two of you have gone in the comic book direction together? Yeah, so Paul and I, uh, we... Uh, co-direct a lot of the shorts that we do we've co-directed a lot of films together and then we just kind of have this working relationship um we uh through continue we we were given the opportunity to make a pilot for disney xd which we paul and i uh co-directed um and the three of us from continue wrote um and we just enjoyed working together so we've been having a lot of opportunities come our way um what was what was the 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 flashpoint there that said we comic book would be really cool we could get that done well, we started a podcast where we were doing some, like, role-playing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a listener and an old friend of mine actually approached us and uh, said he really liked it and yeah. that he worked for this company, Epic, and uh, thought that we could kind of use our show as sort of like an influence for it. Very cool. All right, so the title of it is The Cosmic Pizza Party, correct? Yes. Okay, and what's it all about? Uh, so the premise is it's about three friends who start a pizza truck, uh, pizza business. Uh, they have a food truck, an intergalactic food truck, and they fly around the galaxy and deliver food and great food and great pizza to everyone in the cosmos. And this is targeted more towards uh, kids, correct? Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's aimed at like kids like six to nine uh, years old. Uh, Desmond's five and he like digs it. Your so. son. So, But, but pr- probably with the sh- a sharper sense of humor that you'd find a little bit more, you know, where, where like a, an adult wouldn't die of boredom reading it to a kid or whatever? No, we tried to make it fun and goofy. How would I make out with this? I think it'd be pretty, uh, yeah, I think the, the, like the science in the show doesn't really work. They go to a yeah. planet that's uh, full of cheese, and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, at one point they go to a planet that's uh, completely, uh, they have a flowing river of uh, pasta sauce underneath, so okay. right. science is a little loose, but it's, soft it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And so, so how many issues so far have you uh, put together? Uh, we've written five. Uh, five will be released altogether. Uh, the first one's out now, and then next year, every couple of months, they'll release uh, some more ones. It's awesome. So, I mean, you get this, and you get something that has a little bit of uh, a pull to it and an attraction. These things, are, you know, look look at the, the, the uh, SpongeBob was just a, a delightful little um, yeah. ditty, uh, you know. And, and look at the uh, the history of, of The Simpsons, which was just a little short. Right. Uh, does, you know, the, the, uh, you, you go in multiple directions, and because you do have the ability to create animation and, and films and short films and stuff like that. Is that that in the works? Or you're just going to take a sort of metered wait-and-see approach? Yeah, and that was kind of the most freeing part of it, right, Paul? It was kind of like when we write something that we're going to film and produce, it's like you're bound by the constraints of reality and, and, and Everything logistics. Is, yeah, you know? yeah. Now with this, we could 
write whatever we wanted, and yeah. someone just has to figure out how to put it on a page. If they give us permission to make a cartoon, we'll do it. That'd be cool. Sure, absolutely. Who, who serves as the focus? Do you have a, a focus group? Do you use Desmond as your... your uh... That uh, was the start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, Des, what do you think of this? And he would... Uh... Not pay attention, and we were like, "All right, all right we're not on the right yeah, track. <laughs> Restart this whole thing. It, it's it's funny because you know the classic uh, Brian Regan bit about like writing kids books, and you know about the clock goes tick and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's very funny, but there is a science. There, well, not a science, but there's there's a y- you you want the kid to be interested in it. You got to get it. right. Yeah, you got to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's oh, it's so easy, but it's not. I mean, for us, it was like as long as we were having fun and laughing, we were like we're kind of on the right path, and yeah. we'll just make it a little cartoony. Um, yeah. All right. Good. So, so these guys that own this food truck, I, I, I'm looking at the pictures. They're not guys at all. No. 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 What what are they? We've got Meg. Uh, she's a sloth. Yeah, yeah. she's a sloth person. Because uh, kids think that's funny, <laughs> and she's a delivery driver. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Second person is Susie. She's the cook. She's the the chef. It takes the art of a. Uh, food culinary very seriously but she's mm-hmm. a slug person who is in okay. a metal uh robotic suit because uh, a lot of cooking deals with salt and that is uh, adverse to who she I is i like uh-huh. it i like it okay and, uh, i couldn't help but notice that the delivery truck has uh, is a little bit of an homage to space balls is it oh yes. yeah. yeah yeah there's okay. a lot of a lot of sci-fi homages in this a lot of star wars uh, in our first episode they fight against a giant space worm Hook, oh, there you go. That, so that's a lot of fun yeah and then the third person paul is... we got Mose, who is a uh, crystal man <laughs> um, and he is the manager. Uh, he, he handles all the money. And then we have a robot, and that's uh, Alan. Um, and that's a little. That's our little like homage to Alan Iverson. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> named him after Alan Seriously? Yeah, yeah we just figured we would name. You know, okay. yeah. a little Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. the, the similarities are, are obvious. <laughs> yes, they're both ashy. Yes, <laughs> they both like books. Yeah, they both yeah. like books. Both read a lot. Yeah, Alan can dunk. Fun. Pretty good. Too. They both yeah, flow very much. Our Alan. Is yeah. the uh, the crystal guy Mose? Is that a, a, an homage to the Mose scale? Oh yeah. yeah. Wow, that's nerdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I knew it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Meg, uh, the the full name of the the scientific name of a uh, sloth is Megalosa something. Okay. Oh, it's just Meg. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? I see some other characters here. Uh, there's uh, the main villain of the entire thing is a guy. He runs a pizza chain. His name is Paparoni. Paparoni, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Paparoni's Intergalactic Restaurant, I yes. think is the name of the slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the slogan is uh, decent pizza, decent prices. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you, go. <laughs> mm-hmm. you guys had a lot of fun with this. Oh, thing. dude, we had, we had a blast. That's it's so cool. much fun. We have some really cool, and every every issue, I keep calling it an episode, I'm so like in yeah. the film world. Uh, every issue has like a different kind of like entrepreneur theme that kids can kind of latch onto. So the first one is all about, you know, Make a plan, go through with it, follow it to the end. Don't take okay. shortcuts. Um, there's an episode about finding new audiences and making new things. So they go to a planet where uh, the um, the populace of the planet can't eat organic food. They're plegans. They only eat plastic food, and ah, so they need the, the crew. The, the crew needs to figure out like how how can we feed people that eat things that we don't know how it tastes good. So so so, so marketing skills. Yeah, yeah. totally. So does each it, one has it... a different. Um, like theme throughout. Does it teach you to fire the ineffective and stuff like that? Like real business decisions. <laughs> yes. Yes. Use, that eventually oh, oh, there is there is a the yes. <laughs> there is a, a conglomerate and your whole thing is to overthrow the conglomerate. That's use the children role. as the labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I love it though. This is full. It's inventive. It has a lot of lot of fun, and I think this is the kind of thing kids would attach to. Yeah. How do people get it? I mean, is it in a uh, a physical form or is it digital? How do, what, what's the uh, the format? So it's digital right now. It's on the Epic app you can go to uh, getepic.com uh, epic is a really cool app especially uh you know when your kids learning to read desmond uses it all the time is it's, it associated it's, with it with the gaming as well no different different okay. epic I, 
Um, it's an app where they have like thousands of books online that you can just read. If you are That's a awesome. student, if you're a teacher, it's free. If you're a parent, it's only like seven bucks a month. So like I, we signed up for it and Desmond reads it all the time. The coolest part is that uh, a lot of their books have like a like a read to me feature. Yeah. So it'll highlight the words and read along to you as you go. So they made one for our book, which is really cool. They added like sound effects and music and stuff. It's yeah, it's like a little radio oh, drama. Man, okay. It's awesome. Yeah. Is so, the so app cool. used in schools? Yes. A lot it of a lot of teachers and students um, use it. In well, if this has a a, a a a uh, like the uh, uh, quasi learning aspect to it it yeah. could it could serve uh, as that as well if you, you end up getting read in schools that'd be pretty cool yeah. you could replace johnny tremaine and uh mm. i think it's uh better than johnny tremaine <laughs> yeah. Paul, would you agree a little more up yeah. to date i would say yeah, I, think. I would say uh better than great expectations better, yeah. better expectations yeah. better expectations yeah. Yeah. wuthering heights though no there's yeah, yeah you can't you realistic can't, yeah, expectations can't that. that's yeah. the, uh, the more approachable <laughs> yeah. book all right, so just get the Epic app, yes, mm-hmm. and then look for Cosmic Pizza Party, yes, and mm-hmm. we'll post information about that and make it easy for uh, people to get it who listen to the Press and awesome. Show. That's cool. Uh, what's going on with Continue? If you want to mention that, by the way, it's Continue with a question mark. Yes, Continue. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to search that yeah. on uh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we're doing a. It's just going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it just goes. We're in our we're tenth, have... in our tenth year we're doing ten- it. Yeah. Dear God, crazy for a while. Yeah. Wow. How many YouTube uh, subscribers do you have? Uh, more than two hundred thousand right nice. now. Nice. Um, yeah, we're chugging along. Uh, every November, we play fantasy games, so this is fantasy month, and we're playing uh, some what, awesome fantasy What are you playing games. right now? We just played uh, Harry Potter and the... Uh, Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. How'd you like it? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We, it, it might be might be our best episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Episode was good. Game was bad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you're a big fan of yeah. something, like, I, there was a horrible Godzilla game. Mm-hmm. It just stunk. Yeah. But it was also fun because you got, you got the, the Godzilla and the story yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Godzilla. Yeah, yeah man. Nice. Great. All right, well, listen, uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. And uh, we hope this is a great success for you guys. So look for Cosmic Pizza Party on the Epic app. It's here for Paul. And yeah! yeah! we got to awesome. take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. we got more guests coming up this morning. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, thanks, Kat. So I'm sitting on a bunch of stories here. Uh, we should probably clean out the junk drawer All since right. I have so many things here. Yeah. Looks like you got a lot over there. I Yeah, I always have a lot. I'll never get to the bottom of this, but, you know, we'll do what we can. Casey and the Sunshine Band, of course, are... Uh, have you seen the commercials for his, um, his theme. cruise? No. Yeah, Casey runs a uh, a cruise, a cruise line with uh, where he's the uh, he's basically the kiss of this cruise, and there are other artists of the time, and it says, "Hey, enjoy me on my cruise." Is it all disco stuff? Yeah, uh, that could be fun. Well, on my cruise. Uh, let's see. How about we start with this one? Ten uh, year old boy Max Vrendenberg. Through a message in a bottle in the Atlantic Ocean in 2010, his message included his home address in the hopes that his message was be, would be found. Uh, but he had to wait nine years. Finally heard back. The now 19-year-old college student from Massachusetts says he completely forgot about the whole thing until his dad sent him a photo of the letter and the reply and a group text. He said, I read the letter from the recipient and my heart just dropped. Leave me alone. Uh, he and his father threw the bottle in the ocean. On Long Beach in Rockport, Massachusetts, and he wanted whoever received his message to know a little bit about himself. He wrote, I like apples. 
<laughs> I like the beach. My favorite color is blue. I like animals. I like cars, and I like outer space. Please write back. Uh, it's pretty standard kid stuff. Yeah. Uh, the bottle had washed up on a beach in France. Oh my god! Between Contis and Mimizan, and a guy or a woman named G. Dubois wrote back after it was found on October 10th. And it would have taken nine years to cover the 6,000 kilometers that separates us, the letter said. You had grown a lot during that time. That's amazing. 10 to 19 years old, yeah. Uh, Vrendenberg was shocked. He couldn't believe someone uh, was kind enough to give him a response back. And he plans to get in touch with the letter writer and thank him for responding. I like felching, figging. Oh, Oh my God. Like a complete total pervert. Pervert. That's funny. What's, so he's in college. So all that time, have you, we've talked about this before, and I forget whether you said you did or did not. But have you ever done the message in a bottle? No. Yeah. I wanted to. I did once. Yeah? Yeah. Not never happened. Nothing, Nothing happened. Not a damn thing. <laughs> no, we did in grade school, you would attach like a message oh, on, a, balloon. on a helium balloon. We, we attached a pork chop to a balloon. <laughs> Nothing happened with that. Yeah. In fact, yeah. anything that we've ever done of that nature, Preston, has never worked. Nope. The balloons eventually uh, fell yes. out of favor because they're environmentally unfriendly, so they didn't up in the ocean, you know, choking dolphins or yeah, turtles or whatever. Yeah, even wildlife. If but they, that if you, they would, you would hear back them. from people. Sorry, Preston. Yeah. Yeah. You would hear, but that, I remember getting messages back from people because it typically it wouldn't go, wouldn't go far. too far. Yeah. yeah. You, you killed my dolphin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> my dolphin's a, choking. You put it in a plastic bag with a uh, an envelope or, you know, a postcard with a yeah. uh, stamp on it, and they'd send it back to you. Yep. Uh, who, all right. Quick question yeah. just, wait, before you change. Who was the guy who had made the, um, he had made it his mission to, uh, there, there's a particular island that happens to be in the pathway of a lot of these bottles that we, we talked to him, Nick. Well, he found, he, he's found several messages, uh, in bottles. Yeah. And he found one that was, uh, out of oh, New Hope. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's we him, it. We had him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to, to track that person down eventually. That's cool. cool. So that's what he does. All right. What else I got in here? Uh, apparently, there is now a onesie for a baby uh, with a built-in mop on it. Uh, the a- Amazon is selling. That's the, a great idea. A baby onesie called the baby mop. Does it say "Daddy's little slut" on the front? It, it says that on the back. Okay, so the mop parts yeah. on the front. No, uh, there are actually several brands selling similar baby onesies with a built-in mop. So essentially, on the chest and arms and legs is a mop-like material. This is so a godsend. So as the baby crawls around on the hardwood floor, <laughs> it cleans it up. It, I kind of love the idea. Dust it. The one issue is that as the kid rolls around, the kid is now attracting all the dirt is locking onto your kid. Yeah, it's covered in uh, <laughs> in dirt. Kid's going to be covered in dirt. Yeah, anyway, it locks on anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is when the baby crawls around, it actually sweeps up the dirt and debris and uh, comes in different uh, colors and sizes. So it's like a human Roomba, I guess. Yeah. I can't put Jace in black clothing because we have two white cats. And yep. he, I mean, that's essentially what he's doing. I'll say it to him all the time. I'm like, you're just mopping up cat hair right now. And mm-hmm. I have I have lint brushes all over the house because if he does have something that's black on, we've got to do the lint brush before we leave because it just it's ridiculous. If you've ever seen... Uh, the movie Murder at 1600. Yes, uh, I have. Wesley Snipes. So at the very, very beginning, the opening part with the credits, I probably don't remember this, Steve, but there's a guy who's cleaning one of the rooms in the White House, and they have these big wooden floors. And so he's got on his knees and arms, uh, he's got essentially... Uh, like I twisters. Guess, like giant swabs. Yeah. 
and uh, and he he does this like swimming motion and goes across the floor to clean it. I don't remember, but I I don't doubt that's true. I'm wondering if they really do that or not. It's a as, good invention, as opposed to using. You know what I've always wanted to use that big rotating uh, po- floor yeah, polisher and ride it and ride that. Yeah, thing. if they can do it with mowers, why not that? I've always wanted to ride on because you know that you can sit on it and spin around. In fact, I've seen videos of people doing that. Before. Casey, you're a swimmer. Do you think you could um, swim across a, a hardwood floor like that? Um, I guess you're yeah. doing the breaststroke, right? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, it probably sort of. would hurt. Yeah, it's like doing a snow angel in reverse. Yeah, in gravel <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyhow, uh, if you want to get the baby onesie, they sell it for twenty to thirty. I, I I used to have the uh, so when or we I mean got the, the onesie mop when we moved into our house, all hardwoods. So I figured here is the opportunity now to get these uh, Roomba like devices that were all raved on on CNET and the top of the tops, especially for pets. And I, I was using them, and the one thing they none of them can handle, none of them can inca- adapt to, is a pile of cat puke. Yeah. So so okay. if you, if you <laughs> It'll clean up the dust, it'll clean up the debris, but if it hits a cat puke or cat poop or whatever slick, it will spread that all over the place. Uh, so they become useless. Yeah, man, I could see that. Hey, Press, did you ever have to swab the deck like a like a sailor? Any, any like, on a moat? No, no. Just have like you ever any, been a sailor? Have you ever been a sailor? Yeah, I worked in a kitchen, yeah, so Same you had to mop a lot. Yeah. Okay, because when I was a lifeguard, you had all the side work to do, and there was just this one giant room that you had to swat you know that was one of your one of your deals and at first i hated it because it was just a huge room that you had to mop the whole thing and then there was a guy who was like one of the board members of the pool he used to be in the navy he's like you're doing it all wrong son you know and he taught me how to like swab the deck and after a while mike this I is- was in Guadalcanal, you little <laughs> turd. You think that's how you swab a deck? Yeah. I didn't mind mopping. No. Because um, it was usually the last thing, and uh, you knew you were going to be done pretty soon, so yeah. I didn't mind mopping. As a lifeguard, you had different side jobs, and, you know, so it, obviously it was the end of the night, so you either had to clean the bathrooms or swab the, the deck, or, yeah, yeah, you didn't like. I, didn't, I, I didn't know think... you said that. It was like the worst. When, when, I became when manager, you pull the bodies out of the pool? <laughs> well, the pool was closed okay. at this point, yeah. Hmm. I didn't mind cleaning the bathroom because you didn't even have to swab anything. You just you threw some cleaner down and then hosed it off. And that was that was pretty easy. I, I thought of what was spraying up at you. <laughs> of what? What the was toilets? spraying up at you? Oh, oh, Kathy, you could not have survived. And in, in, in my <laughs> my first gig, was it was a 24-hour place, and the bathrooms were open and I mean, it was like a CSI crime scene every time you went into it the morning after, <laughs> um, especially on a Saturday morning after all night. Yeah. Horrible. Right. So, uh, baby mop. Baby mop. That's available baby now. Baby mop. mop. All right. Let's go to something else here. Uh, so, we touched on the um, nominees for the National Toy Hall of Fame a little while back, but they inducted the entrance last week. They did. Yes, there are three that are going into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, so they are Matchbox Cars. Love them. The Coloring Book. And the uh, card game Magic the Gathering. Okay, so Magic the Gathering, I'm too stupid to play that. But I had I had a number of coloring books growing up. I can't believe the coloring book wasn't even in yet. They hang on to some older to, to basic ones. Yeah, to make yeah. sure that I think an, an old one gets in each year. I don't know if I've told this story on the air before. <laughs> I've won a coloring contest. Yeah. Uh, perhaps you guys have heard. It was a McDonald coloring contest. And yep. uh, I won a book about the history of the hamburger. 
Did you uh, even win a coupon for like a free hamburger? I did not. Uh, I won a book that was the history <laughs> of a of the hamburger. Where is the actual um, Hall of Fame? It is inside the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. I, Rock, Rochester needs all the help it can get. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually a, a hall I wouldn't mind visiting. Yeah, a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, how, how I wonder how big the facility is. I mean, they've been doing this now for a couple of years. There are 71 inductees. All right. So it doesn't have to be that big. It hasn't been around way too long. So, yeah. Is it bigger than the Stoogerium? Uh, That I don't know. Nah. A friend of mine went there recently. What do you think? Was, said it was awesome. Really? Yep. Maybe I may have to change my mind about the Stoogerium. I would like to go to that. It's so, only open on the weekends? Uh, I, yeah, I think that is the case. Rochelle and I, one time we were uh, we were driving through the middle of Missouri. <laughs> we were going to, a, uh, to her parents' lake house and... Uh, we saw a sign, and we had to stop and pull over and go to it because a friend of mine used to sell door-to-door vacuum cleaners, and it's always been kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a vacuum cleaner museum. <laughs> was it was it interesting? No, it was stupid. It was, and in fact, it was essentially a vacuum cleaner dealership. Oh, that had a whole bunch of vacuums from the hit from history. So we Those had seen, we had seen the sign for it, and we pulled over, and we're in this middle of Missouri podunk town, and we see some. Guy in bib overalls with long with a long gray beard and everything. Where are you, folks? So we pulled up next to him and we go, we go. Where's the vacuum cleaner museum? He started laughing and he gave us directions right before he left. It was so funny. He goes, "Now don't try to be, now try not to be too impressed with this." Okay, <laughs> uh, it was really funny. But wow. we did we did go. We just went to go take a picture of it so right. we could send it to our buddy. I think Will. The, the, the coolest roadside attraction, I remember this from years ago, was the Clyde Peeling... I just passed that! Yeah. In Williamsport? And or... it's just it's yeah. one of these things that I was so under-expecting when yeah. I was going to see there that anything would have been impressive. And I remember it was like on a slow... I was doing stand-up at the time, and, and the, I was... I pulled in, and, and I'm just killing time. And the, 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 whether it was Clyde Peeling himself at the time, I uh, just spent like an hour and a half with me uh, pulling out everything. Probably, uh, yeah. yeah. Right uh, on Route 15, south yeah. of Williamsport, north of Lewisburg. I've heard yeah. you guys talk about it, and yeah. I have never been up in that area. And then on my way to and from uh, uh, Buffalo, I passed it. Was it open? No, well, I mean, the only time I remember passing is on the way home, so, and that was like you know, 10 o'clock on Sunday night, so oh, 9 o'clock just, on Sunday night. That's the night. best time. <laughs> so it was not. Uh, but I was like, oh, my God, I've heard you guys talk about this. <laughs> By the way, for, it, it looks like a, 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 a much more put-together facility now. It looks a lot more professional. When I the first when I visited, it, looked, it was really a classic roadside attraction. It was almost right. like, like at the, you know, when uh, Linda Hamilton pulls into that gas station at the yeah. Terminator. I'm not like a big go-to museum guy. It, I'm, I, I, it's boring to me to just walk past things and look at things. I just, I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> at all. It's that's part things. of the museum idea, though. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that's why I said I'm not into yeah. it. The the what's that Udvark uh, the oh, not the planeta- uh, not the planetarium the um, air and space yeah yeah that was awesome yeah that's that one out by uh, Dulles yeah uh, I mean when you have a space shuttle on display that's yeah, cool that's cool the right. Blackbird is there as well yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you're seeing right yeah when Rochelle and I go to uh, we go to museums say we go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art or, yeah. or the Rodin Museum or whatever it may be or the Barnes uh, I do like going to them but after a while it does get you get you get lost in these masterpieces. It's a picture of a duck. Yeah, and it's yeah. one after another, right. and and I can only my eye can only take so much for so long, and then I kind of start to lose appreciation for it. So, uh, what we will do is eventually we'll start playing a game. We'll we'll do two things. We'll we'll look at a painting, 
and we'll we'll come up with a name for it. And then we'll see how close to the actual name it is. Right. We won't look on the plaque until after we name what it is. Or we'll give it a joke name. Or if there's people in it, we'll create a dialogue between those people. <laughs> that's fun. And and we made a little game out of it. It's made it more interesting. I think that's yeah. more benign. My, my thing used to be to just deface them. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. I'm Stab surprised them. you haven't been arrested. Yeah, I know. I should be. Yeah. Uh, I got about two hours in a museum, and then that's when I start to hit the wall. Uh, today's Rodin's uh, birthday, by the way. I didn't know that. Godzilla should know this. The sculptor. Oh. And, um, uh, Casey, by the way, this the the toy museum's open uh, seven days a week, three hundred sixty two days out of the year. Uh, With the Stugium? Uh No, no, no the, the Stugarium toy... is open only on Thursdays. Yeah, the, oh, we okay. just found out. Okay, go yeah, ahead. The toy Strong Museum, museum uh, which is called the National Museum of Play, the one up in Rochester, uh, is uh, yeah Monday to Sunday, um, and uh, decent hours and sixteen bucks to get in. And Rodin Museum is free if yes. you want. It's per uh, donation. If, so, if you want to pay, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. So the three in the toys are Matchbox, Coloring Books, and... Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. So those are the All new right. inductees into the... I toy. assume that was star-studded, right? Toy Hall of Fame. Of course, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to something else, too. <laughs> Why do certain pop songs make you feel good? Why do they? Researchers found that the right combination of uncertainty and surprise <laughs> is what gives the listeners the most pleasure. Uh, the huh. study involved an analysis of 80,000 chords in 745 pop songs from the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. It only went from 1958 to 1991. The hell? Uh, the researchers used a machine learning model to quantify the level of uncertainty and surprise of these chords and then asked 39 adult volunteers to rate how pleasurable they found each series of chords. Each song was stripped of its melody and lyrics so that only chord progressions were left and the results couldn't be skewed by other associations to the songs that listeners might have had. So the select tonal qualities of these specific chords people responded positively to. But they found two things. They found that participants uh, derived greater pleasure when they were relatively certain what would happen next, but then were surprised by an unexpected chord progression. So something that you're thinking is going to happen, but it goes in another direction. Uh, However, the same number of participants found it pleasant when they were uncertain as to what would follow, and then the subsequent chords were more familiar to them. So it's kind of split down the middle, I guess. I totally understand where where they're coming from here because if you're ever listening to a song for the first time and you can sort of um, uh, predict where the melody is going to go and that's that whole certainty thing. It's like, okay, you know, even though I'm not a musician and I don't necessarily know what chords are being played right now. No, but I don't know that, oh, there's a C going into a G. I don't know that. Um, However, I've listened to music long enough to sort of be able to follow along, and I can sort of guess where it's going to go next. Now, I have also been on the... so facto. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of, uh, um, you know, when I'm listening to something where something I wasn't expecting coming comes, and I'm like, oh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, I, I really like the way that, that sounded right there. I didn't see that coming. I, You know, whatever it might be, whether it's a... Uh, uh, you know, a heavy bass note or, you know, right. something along those lines. So you're validating what this says? Oh, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Um, yeah, because there are certain progressions that are fairly common. Back in the early days of rock, I think it was called a 1-4-5 progression. That, mm-hmm. That's why a lot of some of those earlier songs had a similar feel yeah, to them. Yeah, it sounded like. Uh, but then they stepped outside of that and started to change things. And, uh, yeah, you get What, what, what do you think songs. is the uh, the best 
Give me your would would put in the top ten greatest pop songs ever written. Wow, I don't know. That's pretty broad because um, I you know I is there I, a god? I usually think uh, <laughs> I usually think like you know greatest one hit wonder or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah as opposed to greatest pop song ever. Sweet you'd have to break it down by era, probably. Yeah, probably by, by decade. How could you do that? According like to science, that. the most perfect pop song of all time is the Beatles' "Obla Di Obla Da." Wow, yeah, no this, kidding. This just came out uh, two or three days ago. The most perfect pop song of all time, "Obla Di Obla Da." It, it does it's have a really catchy. Yeah, you know, this is according to the Max Planck Institute in Germany, not the Just Saying Institute. Okay, uh, but yeah, that is the competitor of the Just Saying Institute, the Mac Max Planck Institute in right. Germany. We will crush them! Yeah, but we're working on expanding, so it could become a subsidiary of Yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, songs that we find pleasant are likely those which strike a good balance between knowing what is going to happen next and surprising us with something we did not expect. Understanding how music activates our pleasure system in the brain could explain why listening to music might help us feel better when we are feeling blue. So if you don't don't expect a sound or something, so oh. it, it takes a change. That's why I find the music of, that's why I find jazz, or like fusion jazz, yeah. very uh, interesting. I find it, it engages me. It takes me in different places. Here you go. The songs used in the experiments included John Denver's Country Roads, UB40's Red Red Wine, and the Beatles' Obladi Oblada. There you go. So uh, you hate red red wine? Uh, uh, yeah, red red wine. <laughs> yeah, but I like the. Uh, it's a Neil Diamond song, is it not? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote I, it. I like his version a little bit better. UB40 had a real big hit with it, but Neil Diamond wrote it. Yep. But uh, so you guys know I like this band called Fish, and one of the things I like about them is when they do go into their improvisational things, they'll be playing a song that I'm very familiar with, and then they'll do something that I'm not expecting. And I think, you know, going back to this scientific uh, article that Preston's reading, uh, that maybe that's that's what I like about it. Because I know, we, and we've talked about this a lot, about when you go to see somebody in concert, you want them to play their music the same way it sounds right. on the album. What you like is the fact that they're yeah. going to take flights of fancy. Here's a small clip of Fish, Casey. Bing, I went and saw I went and saw them in uh, December of last year, and they were doing a song that uh, they've done a million times, a song called Tweezer. And then uh, they dropped it, what's called a bass bomb on us, and it's just a boom, right. and you can feel it, and nobody expected it and knew it was coming. And if you listen back to the concert, Everybody went crazy for it because it was a surprise sound that nobody was, uh, and it and it made sense at that particular time. I'm fascinated with this stuff and what yeah. makes these things interesting, but ultimately it's all subjective. I do like I like when here's the deal about I, you don't want to hear all night long playing exactly right. like the album, yeah. Uh, but just don't take liberties with every single song. So you can't you know tell what, what I mean? the hell it is or the majority of the songs. Most of them should be played. As close to the original uh, yeah. version that you're used to. But but if you want to strip it down, do it acoustic, something different, change it up, as long as you're not butchering all the songs. You play know? it the way I want it to be played. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, haven't you yeah. learned anything? Oh, it was yeah. like when uh, I saw Dylan in concert that one time I saw him and he did two songs that I knew. One of them, I, obviously, was a Rainy Day, whatever number yeah. it is. And then, um, and then he did Tangled Up in Blue. I had... No clue that it was tangled up in blue. Oh, really? He completely. I mean, he changed the tempo. He changed the the he, melody. He, he loves changed, to do that, oh. which is the the uh, the conundrum of Bob Dylan, uh-huh. the legendary Bob Dylan. I, I, I've seen him a number of times in concert. 
Uh, one or two times I would say he was good. I know he's a legend, but I, but good for me is like, can you recognize what he's playing, <laughs> and do you like his song selection? And that's not always the case. All right, I got something else here from the junk drawer. Let me dig in. Wow, that junk drawer is deep. It is. Uh, more than a year after undergoing a 14-hour operation at, to transplant his penis, scrotum, and lower abdominal wall, a severely injured veteran reports that he has regained normal sensation and function of his new body parts. That's awesome. Yeah. The young man is now near normal uh, and, in fact, can uh, get near normal... Uh, Boners? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the ability to achieve... Boners? No, the other thing. Oh, uh, uh, orgasm? Orga- okay. Well, we're going to yeah. go... Yeah. Splooging? Uh, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Uh, a normal sensation and uh, on on his uh, transplanted penis, according to his medical team at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. We have Jick Jill success. <laughs> uh, he urinates while standing up with a strong stream and no issues with urgency or straining. Isn't that amazing? The transplant did not include donor testicles to avoid the possibility of fathering non-genetically related children. We always, at the, around this time of year, will collect up the testicles around the house and bring them to goodwill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the man who wished to remain anonymous was the first to undergo such complex genital transplant. Was it Was it an IED situation, or do you remember how? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, only the third in the world to have a successful penis transplant. A fourth has since been carried out. Can I get mine transplanted? Uh, you could ask Dr. Mike about that I if you want size to. size up if I can. Uh, so, yeah, it destroyed, he, the IED had destroyed the man's penis, scrotum, and caused substantial tissue loss to his lower abdominal wall. It also led to above-knee amputations on both his legs. God almighty. Uh, the transplant of organs and tissues from a closely age-matched donor was an immensely difficult one, requiring surgeons to develop a whole new revascularization technique to ensure a proper blood supply, but it appears to have been a success by all measures. So this guy is doing well. After all that, going through all that traumatic stuff, at least something has gone in his favor here. So that's uh, that's fantastic news. Uh, he's reported improvement on self-reported pleasure scores, as well as reporting an improved self-image and feeling whole again. How are your uh, pleasure scores these days? Mine are pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the man has returned to school, is living independently with leg prosthesis, and is very satisfied with his transplant. So the other day I was taking care of myself, and one of the judges gave me a seven. Oh, wow. wow. Which judge? Yeah. I'm like, what? Wait, how many judges? Three. Okay. Yeah. And, and then an alternate. So you were upset by that seven? I was upset by that seven. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else was giving me nines. Uh, so it was encouraging news for others in need of such uh, reconstruction. According to the Department of Defense Trauma Registry, 1,367 men nearly all under the age of 35. Do you know who uh, beat me? Return, hang on. Returned from Iraq and Afghanistan with genital injuries between 2001 and 2013. So 1,367. Well, you would think because of the nature of the explosions and stuff like that, a lot of what they deal with, the fact that they can do this and hopefully give some hope to these guys is mm-hmm. uh, uh, is great news because, you know, that's, that's an aspect of the life that goes away. So it's important that they got past this and they were able to do this. And now what, they, what does they this planned, mean for the future? They now plan to undertake a sixty penis transplants. So uh, it can cost three to four hundred thousand dollars. So what used to be sci-fi, Preston, which used to be sci-fi with with the face, remember? And now we have yeah, face transplants, genital transplants, yeah. growing extra appendages, cybernetic appendages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the um, how. <laughs> How close are we getting to the medical extension of life 
through artificial, for example, what they're doing with vision and hearing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you see the footage of people who've never heard before suddenly getting the ability to hear things. Uh, what they're able to reverse or slow down. Yeah. You know. I think a long time from now, certainly not in our lifetime. I'm hoping by the end of the show. That they will be able to extend uh, the human life quite a bit. Um, you know, barring accident and things like that. They're not going to, you know, we're never going to be. Uh, um, you get I, impervious. Right, right. A but, bus hit him. But I, I, I've got to believe that. They, now, the, I think the difficult part is is for the brain, though, uh, to you know make sure that you have. I'm 170. <laughs> yeah, to, then that yeah, might yeah, be the yeah. case. You know, you can physically live that long, but we're not supposed to live that long. But... I'm out of my mind. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I always think of the note, the, the example person of of, of uh, vampires. You know the. You know, so what? What say if you get you get bitten? And I know this is all scientific. Uh, vampirism is, and it's real. But if you're, you know, so you're 99 and incontinent and uh, with a walker, and you get bitten, yeah. and now you're going to live eternally in that condition. Like that. It's like, and then you have interview with a vampire, which a little, a little girl gets bitten, and she's that forever. Yeah, and then outliving everybody that you know and love. Yeah. Yep. That's a tough one too. It'll be easy with the people you hate. All right, so these are a few things out of my junk drawer, so uh, thank you for allowing me to clean that out. Uh, we got to take a break. We have more guests on the way. We have several guests on the way still. It's amazing. This, this morning, yeah. Uh, Connor Barwin, I believe, is here, so we're going to get him in in a few minutes, and we'll see what's going on in his world. And uh, Pat House will be here and more. Stay put. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Thank you, Kathy. It is time in our program to talk about beer. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. It's good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good, yes. So We do a low-key intro yeah. with this. Uh, we would like to welcome a good friend of ours to the show and uh, continues to do good. You know, we did that uh, that segment the other day talking about role models. Yeah. This guy could certainly be one. He's a good role model. Please welcome our friend Connor Barwin yeah. to the program. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Good to see you, Connor. And along with him, a gentleman who is not only the founder, the president, but the brewmaster of Yards Brewing. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Kehoe. Yeah. Hey, guys. Tom as well. Tom, you're doing very great. generous. Your company is very generous with a lot of charities, and 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 that that means a lot to all of us who have very various charities that hit you up and pray upon that. But you're always there at the ready with stuff, and it means a lot. So thanks Thank for all your endeavors. Thank you. It's one of our core values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and so in lies the relationship between you two guys is uh, being charitable, doing some good stuff because uh, Connor has the uh, Make the World Better Foundation. And now we've married that with beer, right? Exactly. So last year we did the, did the first version. We did a beer. And then this year uh, is the, the evolution of it. And we made a, well, Tom made an IPA that's available uh, this month at select bars and beer stores, uh, which we're really excited about. Okay. And what's the, give us a little background if you can describe this beer, what it's all about, Tom. So the beer is a uh, spruce tip IPA. So with all the craze of IPAs, people are trying to make their IPA stand out. And we did that using organic spruce tips grown right here in Pennsylvania. And we kind of use them as the hop in a sense. We are actually, you know, taking that character of the hops, of the piney character, and really influencing the beer with it. How would you describe, I mean, I know that it's hard to describe a taste, but what, you know, so what is, what is the, the person who is a beer aficionado, what will they find in this particular beer? 
I think they're going to find, you know, the, the, the dryness and, uh, you know, the sort of uh, in-your-face IPA style. Okay. Which is great. And then you get that spruce, which is, you know, kind of refreshing, almost almost wintergreenish. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. You know what? It's interesting. Okay. I never could put my finger on the flavor. I'm not a big hoppy guy. I'm not big IPAs. I will drink them, but it's not my, you know, I know there are people, that's what they go for. And, and you might like this IPA okay. then because it's not that hoppy. I think Tom said it's more of a refreshing IPA, which is Kind of weird sounding, but yeah, me, like it's, a winter grape. You're a saying lot easier yeah. to drink than kind of your traditional hoppy IPA. Ah, okay, good. That's what I've been looking yeah. for. What What would you pair it with, food wise? That's always a good good line of delineation. Uh, it's something I would pair it with is some sort of like like gingerbread kind of cake with really, a, yeah, with some, wow, you know, something to cake balance and that with. beer, cake and beer. Yeah. Like, right. I, though, would you call it like the dessert beer? No, definitely yeah. not. Okay, yeah. Because it, you know, it's 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 something that gives a a great character ah. that uh, you know complements. Well, it's and, that, it and sounds it very unique. Some of the yeah, some of the, some of those flavors. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Connor, for those who don't know about the Make uh, the World Better Foundation, uh, to, you know, you've you've built parks and done kinds of stuff. Do you have any particular project that's coming up that this is funding, or uh, this is kind of funding all of our projects? I mean, okay. next year we have three projects that should be under construction next summer. So we're super busy. We got a lot going on. We have we have a project uh, happening in the spring at our first park we ever did. We've got a $14 million project happening in Grace Ferry, and then we have another project, uh, Waterloo Play- Playground, finishing up uh, in kind of West Kensington. So a lot going on. Is this and your job now? Right now it is my job. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because that's I kind of pay to like. do it, my wife says. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah I... You know, now that I'm retired, I have some free time. It's been awesome. Uh, I'm at the office a little bit more. I'm there about 20 hours a week, uh, and then I'm kind of doing other stuff. But it's um, like you're the real deal. Like, you get it done. You're actually going out there and doing this. It's really cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, moving forward, we'd love to help other athletes do this kind of stuff because, to your point, Kathy, I mean, we work on public space, and we try to build community through these these projects. Um, but the difference we've been able to do is actually get it done. You know, yeah. what I mean? well, you know building what? stuff on public property yeah. is complicated. It, it is very complicated. And I've just seen the process go through with a number of, of animal-related charities and how difficult it is. You, you you need advocates and people who will help you facilitate that. But for you and the differences, we know athletes and there's it, – it's, it's no um, it's no secret that a lot of times, okay, we recommend here's a list of three or four we'll give to you and – I think the the Eagles in particular, and a lot of the local people's athletes really take ownership. You exceptionally, uh, you know, uh, commit to this to your charities, uh, and so have other athletes and other other players and other te- former teammates sought you out to say because it's not just simply writing a check. And I think you know it's 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 rolling up sleeves, going out there, being a part of it. Have you been sought out for your expertise with this? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've had a number of athletes approach us uh, yeah. about doing projects. When I was playing, there was guys that would come to events or, you know, I remember our first project, guys, we had a basketball game with a bunch of Eagles players and they were like blown away that we actually built this this beautiful playground right. uh, with the neighborhood. So, yeah, and again, that's that's what we're kind of starting to work towards is helping guys kind of fulfill these 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 projects i mean if you if you can take that and take something that they're really passionate about where it's not sort of a and i'm not it's all good helping charity is a good thing but something that's sort of like oh okay i guess i'll support that but something that is you know that they feel invested in the amount of good that can be done is astronomical yeah and it's also i will say it has to do with being in philadelphia because there's a lot of people that help us that want to see these projects be successful and that's part of the only reason we get it done and the eagles as an organization uh have been very supportive over the years awesome um how did you 
pick this as your as your mission? And I, I mean, does this go back to the way you were raised and how you were raised and where you were raised? Or um, yeah, it, okay, it, it's all of that. If if anything, it it was where I was raised and my parents. So just a little background: my dad is a city manager career. Mm-hmm. He was a police officer briefly, and then has, was a lifelong city manager. Which for people who don't understand, it's just a different structure of local government. He's essentially the mayor. Um, and so I grew up with kind of an understanding of the importance of public space. And we say playgrounds, but really we work on public space and we try to bring community together through public space. And so, uh, and then just living at playgrounds and parks as, as someone that loves sports, I felt like that was, uh, the place I wanted to start. And again, in Philly, it was super organic. I just rode my bike, uh, past Ralph Brooks parks where it all started. And, and, you know, it's it's kind of snowballed <laughs> since then. It's just been a learning process uh, since it started, th- you know, in 2013. The importance of, I'm sorry, Casey, yeah. the, the importance of, of, of public spaces, of parks like that, that bring a community together. You know, these these things that you don't, you know, where, where, where kids have some place to go after school and there can be, you know, teams and leagues and so on and so forth. And, and you keep active. These things, a lot of times, as, you know, we progress and, and kids are maybe, you know, if they have them, they're spending time in front of screens and their rooms or whatever, and they're not getting out and, and meeting and conversing. And then for those who are, you know, financially not capable to handle that, this provides an option for something to do that's fun and and, uh, and enriching. When you when you roll by that on your bike and you see that, you see something that will be there and will change lives for, you know, for years to come. That's got to be a wild rush. Yeah, it's great to see the finished product. And uh, but again, for us, it's as much about the process of getting there right. and watching how these projects connect people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Through, you know, kind of talking about what they want to see happen. And then, you know, finally, when it's done, this is a place for kids, but also for adults, yeah. and older people yeah. to just, you know, get to know each other and right. talk, yeah. uh, which is something that people aren't doing enough of. Obviously, yeah. you um, you get your hands dirty and you, and you help with the whole the, the, the construction, the building and all that sort of stuff. And, and some of your, your teammates will come out and do that. And then obviously you need professional help to, to you know, uh, construct some of this stuff. But you also get the community involved, that, you know, so so they can take ownership of it as well. That's the that's the biggest thing we do. They're right. part of the design. They're part of uh, the whole process. They're part of, you know, construction. It's great. Uh, as much as they can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's where we see real dividends because you kind of build up stewardship through the process. And people, neighborhoods should take care of and maintain well, this and kind of public space. When you have put your own sweat equity into something, you care about it that much more. Exactly. And so, you know, when it comes to the maintenance of the park, once it's all done... On day one, it's beautiful, but you want it to be just as beautiful on day 700. Exactly. And if people mm-hmm. aren't part of the process, then they don't feel like it's theirs to keep up. You right. know what I mean? Tom, how, how important is it, especially this, to be invested in this? What does this mean to you? It's awesome. It's part of our core values. You know, we talk about brew on to others all the time. Right. And beer being like a great communicator, <laughs> you know, for translating into events and raising money, I think it really, you know, was a great uh, choice to, you know. It's a good, it's a good pairing, beer. as we yeah. said. This, yeah. this, this, is what I'm is, this is what I'm saying is great about Philadelphia. There's there's great brands like Yards uh, that want to support stuff that we're doing. If we didn't have a brand like Yards supporting us, it'd be hard for these projects sure. to happen. Somebody wanted to point out on our text messages that spruce tips are also high in vitamin C. So it's good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> Drink your beer and go to bed. I do, I do, really, I do really like this logo on here. This is cool. By by the way, the, is this the Make the World Better Foundation logo? Yeah, that's our mark. And so you took the colors and put that into the, I, the We didn't even do that. Yards did that, which is amazing. <laughs> what What does this logo mean? What, it, does that indicate anything in yeah, particular? It's, kind of, it, it's, it's a lot. You know what I mean? We went through the whole process to get there, but it's this idea. You know, it's kind of like 
a city. Because it looks like it's streets. It, and yeah, it looks like streets. Yeah, exactly. But it's also a globe. You know, make the world better. It's just showing how okay. important you know what you do in your neighborhood, the effect it has, the ripple effect it can have on kind of the whole world. It's yeah. like think globally, but act locally. Take care wow. of your neighborhood. Yeah. Did you just make that up, Casey? I did e- not. I stole it from oh, something. E pluribus no yeah, yeah, exactly. That too. Um, so where all can everybody get this, Tom? Where are they going to find the Make the World Better Foundation? The, uh, the the official name of it is the First Draft. Wait, is that what it is called, First Draft, or not? It's a series that we do called okay. First Draft, which is sort of experimental uh, beers that we put out. But it's Make the World Better IPA. Make, okay. Exactly. All right. And where all they get it? So you Anywhere get it and everywhere? At, at Yards Brewing Company, and there's a whole list of uh, bars that have really, you know, jumped on this. Is it on your website if people it, want to look at it? Okay, yeah, the it, list of bars that carry it? list of bars will be on it's the website. Yes. If you follow MTWB on social media, it's on our social and it's on our website. Every beer store and bar that has it. And we'll put links to that on uh, com as well. So you, 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 there'll be no way you can miss it. How's fatherhood treating you, man? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I just did a four-day Father son only trip wow. to Cincinnati with my 17 month old son. Wow, that's big. And I made it home yesterday. We both made it home in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> where did you go? We went to Cincinnati where I went to college and went to my first uh, game I've ever been to since uh, I graduated. So you traveled. You flew with a 17 month old by yourself. Yes. How wow, was it? How man. did you do? Um, well, I got super lucky, first of all. There was an open seat next to us because oh, he's under bonus. two, so he's going to sit on my lap. Yeah. Um, and I've flown a bunch with him and my wife, but never alone. First time we had an open seat, which was. Uh, you know, a game changer. But the flight home not so good. A, a little rough. But well, know. can you have a can you have a veterinarian give him a shot? And put him <laughs> in the, uh, it's not that long of a flight, though, right? Yeah, it was like an hour fifteen. But he he got, they were they were he was getting snacks, and on this flight home, he wanted to dump the snacks out and then throw them around, and kept asking for more. So I had to I had to give him more, but. So we wouldn't cry. So it was a little, it was kind of chaotic. Are but you conscientious? Got- I mean, part of the thing I always think, I, I, my heart always goes out to, you know, my wife and I don't have kids, but uh, parents with young kids who are trying their damnedest to keep them corralled, but yet still they're kicking seats and stuff like that. Are you just, are you just sinking inside? Like, oh my God. Well, I made a decision. I was like, he he could either cry on yeah. his flight or he could make a mess. <laughs> and I decided to let him make a really big mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So save everybody else the problem of a screaming. Exactly. When we so. landed, we we did our best to clean it up, and I thought All that right. was a <laughs> that's cool. Outcome. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, congratulations. That's a big deal. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. It is. It's called Make the World Better IPA. Connor continues to do great stuff uh, around yeah. here, around all over the place. Uh, and uh, we will obviously support that and send people. Oh, we got, I got one other thing. Can yeah, I mention? sure, please. Me and Tom almost forgot. We are doing a tailgate watch party at Yards Brewery on December 15th. If uh-huh. you buy a ticket, uh, you can follow us on social media and buy a ticket. It's all you can eat, all you can drink, uh, December 15th game. Tailgate watch party. Who are That's, we playing? I think you're playing the Redskins. Okay, Redskins? so it's, it's an away game. It's an away game. Okay. That's pretty awesome. We would never do it on a home yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? Or you yeah. could just do it on site at a home game or something. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, where the, the Yards uh, Brewery location, where is that? 500 Spring Garden Street. Okay, cool. And still going great? Still going on. Remember awesome, when yeah. you guys first opened up? It was a big, big deal. Yeah. That's and we're, cool, we're really, really, really showing people what brewing's about. Yeah, it, I'd say so. And being generous, too, at, all, at the same time. It's great. All right, well, get out and get the Make the World Better IPA. Thank you. Connor Barwin, Tom Kehoe. Yeah. Good to see you. Thank you, guys. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Beanbow Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Select Event Group, Chorus Photography, Light Action Productions, IMS Technology Services, Skelly's Amusements, Shapiro Fire Prevention, and Newman University Videography. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Hey, Dave, why are you calling, man? I heard the secret sounder. Yes, you do! We're going to give him a case of beer. Yeah. How about Dave. that? Hang on the line, Dave. So let me explain for those who, who may be new listeners of the of the Preston and Steve show. This only very, very rarely happens on a Tuesday. If you hear a clip that is not part of a song played during a song, you hear one of our sound clips played during a song, that's the secret sounder. And you just have to call in and say, I heard the secret sounder. And if you're the first caller to do it, you win some sort of prize. We never promote it. In fact, sometimes it happens on accident. Yes. So even if it does happen on accident and it happens to be a Tuesday, you can win something. And today was on purpose. But, in fact, Casey had noted Steve just wanted to play the effect. And Casey goes, but wait, it's Tuesday. And I said, like, all right, let's go ahead and do it anyway. And so, therefore, we give away a prize. And it ha- nowadays, it happens maybe. Maybe three times a year. That's Very about rarely. It. It's going to end up in that in that uh, particular Green Day song. Uh, lightning crashes um, usually uh, when the placenta falls to the floor. I have yeah. a sound effect for that. Uh, so these things will pop in periodically. But you're right, Preston. It's just what if the mood catches us. Yep. It started as, and, and the only reason it happens on a Tuesday is because it mistakenly a, a yeah. sound effect was hit on you know during yeah. a song on a tuesday and we're yep. like well it only happens on tuesday and therein lies the tradition this is one of my favorite drops it's casey uh and i think we were discussing artwork on an album or something like that or coldplay and then you... no no this is i was trying to do the letter o for letter okay. of the day okay. yeah because the the coldplay was oh <laughs> that, was, that was that one <laughs> this is me trying to say oh yeah okay then <laughs> it came out uh but the uh, the Coldplay, let me yeah it was uh, yeah oh yeah I want to talk about the artwork. Right, Case, what do you think about that? Oh, oh, oh. I have that. <laughs> By the way, Dave is going to get a case of Yards Brawler, perfect for fall tailgates, impromptu celebrations. Look for Yards Brawler in the orange case wherever fine beers are sold, including Exton Beverage in Exton. We just had Tom Kehoe, the founder, president, and oh, uh, oh. brewmaster. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do that. It just, just did it. It's born. There's no way you could replicate it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, they're my favorite things. When when stuff happens by accident on this show, or, or just my absolute favorite things to the other one. Please. And they're on the same page. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's being rattled in a paint mixer. Yeah. We, we really have to move on. It sounds like he's being shaken when he says, <laughs> "Oh." oh. <laughs>
Does your wife know your tongue can do that? Oh, my God. She's got to feel so good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're saying we have to do the Bizarre We, we do. All right. Let's, uh, here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Heritage Business Systems. The document imaging equipment solution is Heritage Business Systems. Service satisfaction, reliability, that's Heritage Business Systems. Business Systems. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you about top-notch business. And now a Xerox-owned company. All right, so I'm going to go with this. It's not really a bizarre file story, but I this can't go unnoticed. This is so cool. A scheduling mix-up. Forced customers into action at a Waffle House restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama on Saturday evening. It appeared to be a miscommunication over coverage of shifts. The crisis started when workers left after the first half of the shift as previously planned. But only one employee remained to cover the second half of the shift. Whoa. Leaving a gap that some customers jumped in to fill. Ethan. Ethan Crespo saw firsthand how difficult difficult it would be getting a waffle, watching the overwhelmed worker wash in bewilderment as he took orders. And it was at that point that an unknown man at the bar sprung into action and headed for the kitchen. Crespo thought the transition was so seamless that he clearly was a staffer, but he was just a kind stranger. That's very nice. And security cameras showed several customers getting up, washing dishes, bussing tables, and doing that stuff. Cleaning out the registers. Well, they didn't do that. One customer put on an apron and washed the dishes. He did a great job, said Pat Harper, the Waffle House District uh, Director of PR. God, there have been times when I've been in a restaurant and they're in the weeds, as they say. Yeah. Christ, I want to help these people. Uh, The lone person on payroll, only known as Ben, and the mystery man feverishly uh, worked to accumulate Accommodate the uh, night dinner crowd. Oh. Uh, a couple other customers joined the activity. Uh, they said it was remarkable, and uh, the uh, the PR guy said our concept works best when we serve the customer, not the other way around. But we certainly do appreciate the uh, the effort. That was really cool. Oh. Yeah. Listen to this: a recent plane crash in Texas was caused. By a gender reveal stunt that went completely off the rails. Oh, enough with these things. The pilot of the plane was flying at a low altitude in the town of Turkey, not far from the Oklahoma border. But when the pilot released the 350 gallons of pink water for the gender reveal, it caused the plane to slow down and get into an aerodynamic, to get aerodynamically stalled. Oh, my God. And it slammed into the ground and flipped over. Two people on board ah! suffered only minor injuries. So now a plane crash, the result of a gender reveal. Could you imagine if they were at a more substantial altitude? Yeah. They'd be dead. They'd have killed some people. For a gender reveal. Yep. Uh, a Swiss brothel has decided to swap female staff for sex robots after demand soared among cash-strapped clients in search for a cheap thrill. The brothel in Kreens, a city in Switzerland, has replaced most of its prostitutes with the dolls, and the move is proving very popular. Arsenal 51 Brothel has over 12 sex dolls to choose from and only has a couple of prostitutes left working there. Man, they must be tuckered out. Uh, This comes as another sex robot company launched a uh, $2,000 transgender doll with a detachable penis. Yodel a hee-whore. The brothel offers the doll service for just 90 Swiss francs. Huh. A session where the services in real life uh, for a prostitute started at 200 Swiss francs. 
uh, per session, uh, uh, 200 Swiss francs per session, uh, so more than double the price. It also offers to bring the chosen sex robot to home if required. It's me. Gay robot, I made you some pancakes. Wow, they even they accommodate everybody's desires. Prostitution is legal in Switzerland. Didn't know that. And licensed brothels are available in the country. Arsenal 51 claims the sex doll is the sex doll that you have always dreamed of. She's always up for it, never yeah. has a headache, no periods of bad or bad moods. Well, it's not It's not a traditional period. Battery acid leaks out. Let me ask you something here. Yeah. Uh, how do they clean these things from session to session? They claim the dolls are washed and disinfected after every use, and there are cleaning products in each room in the brothel should you wish to give yourself give them another clean before you go at it. Mm-hmm. But they recommend you should still wear a condom. <laughs> Dude, a doll, and you're wearing a rubber. A rubber. rubber. Well, She's rubber. Yeah, you'll never get around it. Uh, do I have to wrap it up? One or do more. I have, one more. All right, let's go with uh, a short one. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Lawrence Township, Colorado, or Pennsylvania police responded to a man struggling to walk down the Clearfield Shawville Highway with a vacuum cleaner on Thursday. Jason Schmokey was seen walking the white fog line of the highway in and out of traffic, struggling with a large box containing his Bissell vacuum cleaner. I'm taking the vacuum cleaner for a walk. Police identified Schmokey. Schmokey's his name? Schmokey. Schmokey. And found that he had a warrant for unpaid fines. Uh, they report reported that uh, Schmokey was also <laughs> drinking oh. uh, while on probation with a no alcohol clause. Schmokey like drinky. Uh, charges have been filed for public drunkenness. Schmokey was reportedly taken to the Clearfield County Jail where he was placed in the cell with his vacuum. So any reason, did he provide any reason why he was walking around with his vacuum cleaner? That's Schmokey for you, isn't Not it? Not one bit. That's old Schmokey. Old Schmokey. On top of old Schmokey. All covered with vacuum cleaners. And that's what I have in the Bizarre File for you. Okay. A tradition is coming up once again. Hang on. We have to get past that part to get into the cherry pie because it is time for Manna's uh, Pie in the Sky. If you don't know what that is, we're going to bring it up to speed. We have uh, our good friend Laura Payne who is here this morning. The senior manager of marketing and events for Mana. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks we, for having me. We're doing wonderful. Of course, absolutely. We love your pies. Thank you. They're amazing pies. <laughs> now, uh, here's the deal: for those who need a pie or just want to do something good, you're going to want to buy one of these. It's going to benefit Mana, and I want you to explain. We do this every year, but people still need to be told what exactly Mana is, Laura. Sure. So Mana prepares and delivers meals to people who are living with critical illnesses here in the greater Philadelphia area. So literally our neighbors. Um, our neighbors receive three meals a day, seven days a week. They're made fresh in our kitchen, and they're tailored to their medical state and other dietary needs. Um, they work with our chefs and our dietitians to make sure they're getting exactly what they need. And the meals are delivered to our client's home at no cost to the client, um, and pies help us do that. Yeah, so, you know, the phrase is manna from heaven, and this is this is definitely uh, angelic in what, what you guys do, because I can think of... Not only do the meals come, but they come with people who are, who are, you know, they may be the only person that someone sees throughout the day, and especially like on Thanksgiving, and it, it's it's more than just a, hey, I, here, here, I'm going to throw this pie at you and run. They, they 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 come in and there's socializing and there's things that matter to people, whatever situation that they're in. But I mean, this is literally. It's life saving. It's nutrition. It's food coming in and and uh, people taking the time to do it. It's such a pure, wonderful charity. Thank you so yeah. much. We 
feel the same way. We have amazing volunteers who deliver our meals year-round in yeah. the kitchen. Um, and then over 500 volunteers who help us pull off pie in the sky. So I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it year-round. I mean, how you guys afford it. Obviously, it's just strictly on people donating money. Yep. So we're individual wow. giving, events, grants. Um, we have a couple insurance partnerships that are very important to us. But what really helps is we have 7,500 individual volunteers who come in every year. We're only a staff of 40, so we absolutely couldn't do it without our amazing I, that's, volunteers. It's just tremendous. And then the people who go and around and deliver, and everyone who's participated uh, at, at any level, uh, if you can't get out and participate, buy the pies. You know, yes. I like last year was a banner. I think I bought six. Uh, and I'm going to do that again. Probably a little bit, a couple more. But uh, going to hold you to that. Yeah, you're, I you're, remember <laughs> this now. <laughs> yeah. You, you're you're not going to make a better pie than what these guys make. And then also, I mean, you're getting pies for Thanksgiving anyway, yeah. and yeah. it's not like it costs more, you know? And right. so, you know, might as well just do it. It's tax deductible. It's tax deductible. It's not going to cost you more, and they make you make the, the pickup locations really easy for They're everybody. all over the place. Yes. Yep, yeah. There's 50 this year all over yeah. Philadelphia, the suburbs, southern New Jersey, so there's guaranteed to be somewhere... Um, close to your work or your home where you can pick them up. So you my, order them online. Mine's very close. It's at a very restful, relaxing place. <laughs> it, uh, it's at a funeral home. It is. Uh, but, ah, but, yeah, they're but, great partners to us. Yeah, and I go up right down the street. Or is it like a senior community? Right. Uh, yeah, where we go. So uh, what flavor pies are available this year? So there's six. There's our American Airlines Sky Pie, which is actually a cheesecake. It's a huge hit. Yeah, I, I buy a couple of those. It's delicious. Yeah. With um, chocolate, caramel, and walnuts. Then we have our Aberdeen apple pie, which is our biggest seller, actually. We make the most of those. We just baked those last weekend. Yeah. Um, we have berry, pecan, pumpkin, and sweet potato. Excellent. Okay. All right. Awesome. Can't Excellent. Beat, you cannot beat a great <laughs> apple pie, man. Um, okay, so... How do people get uh, their pies? How do they order them? Where do they where do they do this through? You go to manapies.org. You can place your order, pick your pickup site, look at the different flavors, or they can give us a call, 215-496-2662. We'll place their order for them. How far out do you guys um, deliver? I mean, where, where, what all areas for, I mean, not the pies, but, but for people who are sick? So we cover portions of a nine-county area um, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, um, and then we are right now... Um, doing a couple test run shippings with a couple different insurance companies. So we're covering 80% of the counties in Pennsylvania at this point. And let me let me assure you, by the way, these pies weigh about 200 pounds a piece. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're so. dense. The apple pie is the heaviest, yeah. we always say, as we're moving everything around. Things will work out. Yeah, but I mean, so you, no matter what the appetite level is at your gathering, uh, yeah. everyone's going to get some. Uh, I'm always uh, in awe of organizations like this and like the Shriners Hospital and all this stuff where people it's amazing. don't pay for it. They yeah. they come in and they take care of you. It's pretty amazing stuff. Okay, what's the deadline to get your pie? November 22nd is the last day to order. It's next Friday, okay. um, but usually we're down to two to three flavors by that time. Ah. Right. So the ones that I think will sell out this week are the berry and the pecan. So if you want a berry pie or a pecan pie, and the pecan pie is kosher. Okay, uh-huh. good to know. You should order this week. For the rabbi at the table? Yeah. Yeah. All right, done deal. We'll send people, we'll send the masses. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for making the pies and doing what you do. We Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. It's here for Laura, guys. Yay! All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Lesson question that's coming up. Music News Trash. Pat House is here, too. He's going to be uh, performing at Helium, so we'll talk to him in a bit. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're going to do the lesson question for today, and I'm going to give away 
uh, Casey Yards Brawler. Why not? We had uh, Tom, the uh, the owner and operator here, the founder in our studio. And we'll give some away if you can answer this question correctly. What Al Michaels question followed, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> A lot of people don't know this. No, no. <laughs> 215-263-WMMR was uttered early this morning, the 6 o'clock hour. What Al Michaels question, it's his birthday today, by the way, followed, do you believe in miracles? What's the answer? 215-263-WMMR, while you're calling in, we're going to do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Heritage Business Systems. The document says it has four E's on the end of the. The document (laughs) imaging equipment solution is Heritage Business Systems. Service satisfaction, reliability, that's Heritage Business Systems. Now a Xerox-owned company. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, three homes the Mexican government confiscated from cartel leader Joaquin El Chapo Guzman have cumulatively sold for under $300,000. Many are citing the candid Zillow posting, which read, quote, close to good schools and many surprise visits from rival drug lords. And uh, Ghost Adventures' Zach Baggins, you know this guy, and the state of Utah in a tug-of-war over ownership of items that once belonged to serial killer Ted Bundy. However, the not-too-bright Baggins accidentally put a bid down on a shoehorn once used by Al Bundy. (laughs) And finally, even though they reportedly just broke up, rumors are now abounding that John Mellencamp and Meg Ryan are engaged. Many uh, cited the uh, uh, Ryan's hand, which appeared to have an engagement ring, but later turned out to just be a naughty knuckle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see if we can find an answer to this question. What Al Michaels question followed? Do you believe in miracles? 215-263-WMMR. I will go to Eddie to see if he knows the answer. Hey, Eddie, how you doing, man? Good, how are you today? Good. So what did Al Michaels say after he said, do you believe in miracles? What's a hot Carl? What is a hot Carl? Yes. That's correct. Hang on the line, Eddie. Since you got it right, we are going to give you... A Casey Yards Brawler, which is perfect for fall and tailgate. Yards Brawler is the Philly beer with a knockout flavor. And you can look for it in the orange case wherever fine beers are sold, including Windsor Distributing in Hamburg. Uh, we'll now get to music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! Oh, all right, music news brought to you by HERS, a Philly hometown favorite for generations. Whether you're hosting a tailgate or grabbing a snack on the go, whatever you're snacking, make it Philly, Philly, and grab a bag of your favorite HERS flavor. HERS forever good. So we'll start with the band Dirty Honey. They've performed here in our studio before. Good band. They've made it into the pages of Forbes magazine, where the Los Angeles-based band was featured in an article about their unorthodox career plan so far. The quartet has yet to sign with a major label, has released just one EP, and hit number one on the Rock Airplay chart with the song When I'm Gone. That is unheard of for an unsigned act. So, similarly, um, Greta Van Fleet, they're now, they're now signed with someone, right? With some... Yeah, they've been signed, yeah. Okay, so when they released those few, first few songs, though, they were unsigned, right? I don't know. Okay. Oh, don't know. Uh, it seems to be that this is a, uh, a, a, a trajectory that's becoming more common. Uh, the latest single from Dirty Honey self-titled EP titled Rolling Sevens is currently climbing the rock radio chart. The band recently opened up some shows for Guns N' Roses and is now in the midst of their first headlining run 
uh, which brings the group to uh, Reno on uh, actually tonight. Uh, Mick Fleetwood has tapped Christine McVie, David Gilmore, Billy Gibbons, Zach Starkey, Stephen Tyler, Bill Wyman, and more for an upcoming London salute to Peter Green and the early blues-based Fleetwood Mac. Wow. The show, which will benefit the Who's patron charity, the Teenage Cancer Trust, is set for February 25th at the London Palladium. Among the other musicians on the bill are Johnny Lang, Andy Fairweather Lowe, John Mayle, and more to be announced. Pretty cool lineup. Uh, Fleetwood said in the announcement for the show, the concert is a celebration of those early blues days where we all began. It's important to recognize the profound impact Peter and the early Fleetwood Mac had on the world of music. Peter was my greatest mentor, and it gives me such joy to pay tribute to his incredible talent. I'm honored to be sharing the stage with some of the many artists Peter had inspired over the years and who share my great respect for this remarkable musician and then play on. Are they going to have a screening of Running Man? Uh, not that I know of. I okay, know he did play a part of that. Nick Fleetwood was in that, I was wondering. Peter Green, who wrote such early Fleetwood Mac staples as Albatross, Black Magic Woman, uh, Oh Well, which is a great song I haven't heard in ages. I was just playing for Casey, and I, I love that tune. And uh, Man uh, man of the World uh, left Fleetwood Mac in 1970, seemingly a victim of an intense LSD trip in Munich. Oh, boy. After which he was never the same. Yeah, rewired his brain. Yep. So uh, he they were they're going to honor him with this performance. Should be pretty cool. And one last thing, and it's not music news, but I was asked to do this in music news for some reason. Uh, it is an announcement for a show, and it will be Cal Penn. Cal Penn performing Saturday, February first at the Keswick Theater in Glenside, PA. Yeah, why the Cal Penn from a. Uh... Why they want me to do this in music news? They wanted to do it at 10 o'clock, and it just so happens oh. that it's around music news time. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cal Penn, actor, comedian. Uh, and tickets will go on sale for the show thir- this Friday at 10 a.m. I know him more as a guy. I didn't know he did stand-up. Yeah, I guess he's doing I'm assuming yeah. he's doing stand-up, unless he's playing music and I don't know about it, and that's why they had us do it in music news. I understand oh. he's doing a Q&A after a screening of Running Man. Probably. Maybe that's what it is. It's a tribute <laughs> to the great Arnold Schwarzenegger film starring Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac and Dweezil Zappa. Absolutely, who was a musician. And, now we get it. And, and Richard Ma- Dawson. And Maria Conchita Alonso. Yes. I love her. Mm-hmm. Who is on in the Hudson on the uh, Moscow, Moscow on the Hudson. Hudson? Yeah, and Jim Brown of uh, NFL fame, one right. of the great players of all time. Yeah, close and friend of Richard Pryor, who was a comedian. Yes, <laughs> and then uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, right? Who, who was in it? Predator? Who was that's, in Predator? That's and right. Worked with Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon. Yes, and directed <laughs> Iron Man Three. Oh, yeah. it's a, a child could put it together. He also was a governor, right? Uh, yes, yes, he was. He was. Minnesota. Yes, which uh, is a cold state known and, for their walks across the city. And Cal Penn has heard of Minnesota, so there you go. Oh, my God. Now it makes yeah. How did sense. we not see it? I don't know. Perfect for music news. So Saturday, February 1st, Keswick Theater in Glenside, PA. Tickets go on sale this Friday. We'll have a chance uh, for you to win some tickets as we uh, continue broadcasting this week. In the meantime, a good friend is here in our studio. He's going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. And uh, he's performed at our uh, Camp Out for Hunger before. And Your birthday party? He, he, I hired him to play my birthday party, which was awesome. And we're going to play this song for him as we welcome him. Please welcome <laughs> Mr. Pat House to the yeah! show. 
Why are you guys playing that? <laughs> uh, so Pat House is here, yes, and Casey told me, and the reason it was Casey's idea to play this song. You have a Susudio tattoo? Yeah, oddly enough, you guys were just talking about free tattoos, and I uh, got one over the weekend. Oh, I thought it was going to be like an old one. Did it have to? Oh, be? It's, it's fresh. Seventy-two hours. So it, uh, and, and it, but it had to be of their. No, they're choosing. Are you chose right. the studio? Yeah, I was. I was. I love everybody's faces right now. Everybody is <laughs> waiting for this story. By the way, it's on his like his rib cage. It's yeah. on the side or right on the above side. His, his belt line. Um, yeah. So I'm headlining Helium tonight and tomorrow. I've gotten more texts about this tattoo than the shows. Yeah. Okay. Which is. Fantastic. My <laughs> friends are great. Uh, so I was with Dan Cummins in Denver this past weekend. and after, great. After one of the shows, yeah, this tattoo artist approached us. She's a fan of his podcast, and she's like, hey, if you guys want some artwork done, I'll do it for free. So Dan got a tattoo, and I hopped in the chair after him. And that's been something so stupid that's been on my mind for years, and I just had the chance to jump on it. What did, uh, what did Dan get? Dan got some Illuminati thing on his wrist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because right, it's the studio. most ridiculous thing I could think of. <laughs> it's been just on, just some something so stupid on my mind for years. Well, and it, the placement of it, it's, that's where, like, teenage girls get butterflies. Yeah. And, you know. It's, so, it's, a, it's a sexy placement. So I, thank in, you. In your mind, you have the woman shimming off your jeans and going, oh, Susudio. <laughs> you know, I, uh, that is probably the most ridiculous thing I could think of. And yeah. I don't think that'll ever get old. No, I no. think I could be sixty, look down, and still laugh at myself. I bet so, you, though, we have you beat. Though Casey has a tattoo. Uh, he's got the monkey on the taint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But so I want to point this out. So the name of the song is Susudio. Yet you have written here how it's sung in the, the chorus. phonetic spelling. Yes. Yeah, it's Su Su Studio. <laughs> yes, on there. I got the phonetic spelling. S U dash S U dash Studio. Wow. Okay. I love it. Do you have any other tattoos? I have a Foo Fighters tattoo. Okay. So oh, that's on my that arm. one actually means something. Or it yeah, yeah. It's, it's close to your heart. Yeah. Now I wasn't you young when like I got a, that either. You need to get like you? a Foo Foo Foodio or something. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay. Or just like a horn section on the other hip. <laughs> right. Here, right. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh just in parentheses horn section. Yeah. Wow, Earth, wind, man. and fire horn section. Just have that written out. But to answer your question, I was 26 or 27 when I got the Foo Fighters okay. tattoo. So, that so was, those are the two tattoos. I do dumber stuff as an adult than I ever did as a teenager. Well, because wow. it's the worst. You're pretty much the same person. I love your wow into the microphone. That was like a whispered wow, I, which has a lot more impact. It does because it means <laughs> I I'm, that's don't me know what sh- to say. Shaking my head. <laughs> but man, if it makes you happy, then, then go. It's it. just something stupid. I love it. I love it. Uh, you tweeted something. We actually turned it into a conversation not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, I heard that. that... Uh, and it was, and it got a lot of response, which uh, Pat had just posted. Women that haven't seen each other in a long time is the worst sound on the planet. <laughs> oh, my is. God. Oh. I, I saw it. I heard it, it yesterday. It a couple octaves, <laughs> and they, there's arms moving, and it's just a scene for everybody. So the the great saleswoman here, Dina, Dina uh, Poole, and, yeah. and she, she, I don't know who she had seen, uh, but I, I, there was, exa- oh my God, and it was high pitch, and it was a whole deal. Glass shattering yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can hear it two it blocks was, away. Right here in our very own offices. Between men, when that happens, if it's a buddy you haven't seen in ages, it, it's uh, it's not loud. It's dude. Yeah, you know, it's what's like, up, yeah. man, how's it oh. been? But it, I mean, even not just what's up, how it's been. Even if you're excited to see him, the most you're going to get is, dude. dude. Yeah, how you doing, man? Yeah, yep. uh, it's yeah. Women different. like to bring it up to like 
glass shattering so level. You yes. also you tend bar at Anthony's at Pax and Hollow, yeah. and I'm sure you hear it quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. Okay. At weddings and mm-hmm. even just if people <laughs> meet up for dinner, but then you know, if women meet up at the comedy clubs, I hear it there. I feel like it's something I encounter a lot. You're it, around it you're, just took me a long time to put the wording out there. You're around festive locations. So as, as a comedian and as a as a bartender, uh, uh how are your life advice skills? Oh, that's an interesting question. I uh, I don't know. I'm tired all the time. I bartend <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm on the road almost every single weekend. Right, <laughs> so right. I'm just constantly moving. But uh, do you get do you get? You it? know what? Nobody asked me for advice, so <laughs> that's probably for the better. Yeah, I guess. I just got a Phil Collins tattoo, so nobody should ask me for advice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually how you shut them down. See this? I decided to. Hey, do man, that. I'm having some problems with my friends. Look, dude, I just did this, so I don't know if I'm the one to come to. Right, right, right. <laughs> wow. Do you get as as uh, mixing drinks goes, and that's you know you've got a couple of jobs, so uh, that's one of them. Do you do you take pride in your cocktails? I do, and I I love my job. I've been there for sixteen years, and wow. I love bartending, and uh, I get a lot of material out of it. I could see where that but would. It's not that, even me. It's yeah. just other people are dumb, yeah. and mm-hmm. rude and annoying. So I don't think a single day goes by where I don't write something down. Yeah. from my job. Yeah, I would the, imagine the the, uh, the bartending materials constantly changing in my I, set. I, I mean, you're constantly hearing stories too. It people are just. First, you're, you're, that's one of the occupations where someone can be standing a foot and a half away from you, but people will say they have full blown life revealing conversations because they they think oh, you you know man. yeah right become the psychiatrist. What's what's the have you heard anything volatile oh, or parents that hate their kids, <laughs> kids that hate their parents, like <laughs> divorce husbands stuff. that wait, wait, hate their wives, wives oh, that hate every, their husbands, everything yeah. across the board, male uh-huh. and female. Have you ever seen like a marriage disintegrate right in front of you or anything like that? I mean, because sometimes people will. They'll say things to oh, the other yeah, person, yeah. you know, not just confiding, but they'll confront them and so on. People fight at the bar, which I always find entertaining because oh. you can just see that the tenseness hang above them and both of them are making faces. They're not talking. They're eaten by themselves, but they're together. Yeah. You can pick up on all the stuff. And I'm all the body there, language. Just, like, just watch and be like, how's this going to pan out? What's the, do you have a, because uh, we talked about this as well. I'm fascinated by bar. I think bartending is kind of a cool job. Yeah. I think it, it's a It's a social job and you've got that, you know. You've got that aspect. Look at Tom Cruise for Christ's sake. I'm sure you do the bottle I juggling. Just and all that. flare every day <laughs> with, with our uh, low ceilings. What What's the code for? Um, so, you know, we hear that that bartenders know a code. If If a woman is at the bar and thinks somebody's creeping on her. There's usually some sort oh, of yeah. thing. Do you? Is I think that you a fact? Sue Sue Studio. Sue Sue Studio. Kath, you had mentioned that there was. Um, is it, it the way to do with an angel or something like that? Angel, like they, ordered a, drink. they ordered a specific yeah. drink, like an angel mm. or something like that? Like a pat house on the rock. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> oh, Wait, hold on. Let me see if I, I can find it. It's like angel's wings you know, or something. since I bartend at a public golf course, 95% of my clientele is dudes. Yeah. So this <laughs> never true. comes my way. Yeah, I all have men, bros, 50 and plus, golfers, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you were uh, you spent time in Colorado? You were telling us. Yeah, I just uh, got back yesterday. Off air, uh, Denver. Denver, yeah, Denver Comedy Works, right downtown. Did, nice. Did got you sample uh, the uh, the legal uh, cannabis? I had some edibles. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. How do you respond to those? Because uh, some people do. Great not... sleep. Great sleep. Great sleep. <laughs> What's the one? What is the strain or what is the? I'm I'm not well versed that you take yeah. when you want to get sleep. Activia. No, not I Activia. Think. Activia is... <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's for uh, uh, I, yeast infections yeah. and stuff. No, uh, I think it, it's Indica. Yeah, Indica. Indica, Sativa, Activia. I don't know what's what. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jamie Lee Curtis was selling for, for Bell. Uh, for Activia, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I, I remember Indica because I remember hearing the term in the couch. 
Right. Yeah. Ah. Yep. If you have, uh, if you ta- you're going to be in the couch. Mm-hmm. If you have one of these. Wow. By the way, the the drink is called an angel shot. There you go. People are texting in about that. So, so. next time, if there's one of the 50 year old golfers feels he's being uh, creeped on <laughs> by another 50 year old golfer, you'll, he'll order the angel, angel shot. Hey, yeah. what? So what's it like playing for? Uh, are people getting high in the audience if you're doing a comedy club, you know, sitting there popping edibles or what? Yeah. I've never seen so many people removed from a club like I have this past weekend. Really? And they're not disruptive. Well, some people were, but yeah. they were just like falling asleep. And you could tell when they walk in, they're just not right. Their eyes are all glossy. And I'm like, you're coming to sit in a dark room for 90 minutes. You're already half asleep. Yeah. Their I'm, eyes are all glossed over. You can just see it when they walk in. And the one security guard was telling me they kick out people every show. People just come to the club messed up, and they have to remove them. I saw I saw a special on that about the, the drug culture. I was also saying uh, that obviously peripheral businesses like you know restaurants and things that, that serve stuff that you know uh, are doing quite well. It, it, it's really enhanced that, but there is sort of like a zombie like thing that's going on at public events and people getting in that situation. They're there, they're, but they're not there, they're and there, you can see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why. So what is that for you like as a comedian when the audience well, appears to be... I kind of made fun of him for it. I was like looking out at them and I'm like, half you guys look like you don't even want to be here. But I don't even know if you're even awake or not. You can <laughs> yeah. just see it fully, just glassed eyes right in the front row. It's like, wow, you're, you know you have to focus for the next hour and a half, right? Yeah. It's not a movie you're watching where you can zone out. Like, we're going to tell stories that you kind of have to be in the in the moment for. But they're just like, ah, zonked out. How do you, uh, if you, if you, how do you signal to a, like a bouncer or the, the club if, if there's someone you think who's not somnambulistic I mean, I don't legitimately disruptive? I don't really dime people out, but yeah. I mean, people around the messed up person will. Okay. Find security be like, hey, man, the guy next to me is drunk and talking loud, or the yeah. guy next to me is full on sleeping. So, <laughs> so you let them do do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not getting involved. Look at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, like I play you're volleyball. Gonna so you're playing helium. You got tonight and tomorrow. You yep. mentioned your friends texting, and do your friends come out and see you still, or have you been doing it so long? No, I I have a lot of friends that come out. They're oh, really that's cool. oh yeah. No, it's awesome. And yeah. um, the selling point is, I tell them I have a lot new material since last time. So you, you there, there'll be a couple repeats, but trust me, a big chunk of it is brand new. So don't think you're going to sit there and be like, "Oh, again." Do you put your friends in your material sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. It's more just everyday life. Just, yeah. I mean, people that I get annoyed by. And I, I'm also an idiot too. So I'm like this probably studio tattoo. About the tattoo tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about relationships? I you... showed the crowd in Denver the tattoo, and they went nuts every single show really i can't believe just by it's a good investment showing then. them how their reaction was insane Do, uh, with with relationships when you've been you know involved have you incorporated stuff from that into the act and has that ever landed you in hot water no i mean no. um everything i talk about on stage is true oh you got the thing up there so whether it's relationships or jobs i mean everything i talk about is true to my life so yeah yeah you know the truth is there and pretty much funny stuff happens every day. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I know what you keep saying comes, because I, comes I know across, that. It's, it, it feel like it comes to me. Like, I yeah. don't sit there and write funny stuff. Something happens, and then I just can't stop focusing on well, it. So, sometimes people don't want their stuff, uh, even if it is funny. Yeah, well, I mean, I also yeah. don't say names if it's a specific person, okay. you know. You show pictures. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I set up my, my PowerPoint, and yeah, I, uh, yeah. This is her. <laughs> nice. All right, and uh, so are you back in town for a while since you were on the road? Yeah, I'm okay. in town pretty much through the rest of the year. Local stuff, it's been a busy year, but cool. uh, for the rest of the year, I'm pretty much hanging close to home. Well, All we're right. so happy you're coming in. We made some little uh, chunks of pie for you. The back yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, I yeah. saw for you. Lots of them. Oh, good. All right, so uh, Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow, 8 p.m. at heliumcomedy.com to get your tickets to see Pat House. Thanks for being here, Pat. Thank you. Good time. There is yeah. Forever, you will have to come out on stage for this now. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Make sure you stay with us. 
The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 10.40 on this Tuesday morning. Temperatures are dropping. Uh, I think about an hour ago I said it was still 50 degrees. It's now 40 degrees. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's going to be uh, headed farther into farther south over the next couple of hours. So uh, it's going to be down around like uh, the drive home. It'll be low 30s, like, you know, Jeez. freezing. And so that's when we'll get the, the flurries. That's 20, de- like over 20 degree drop from this morning to yeah. later on. So it'll be 100 below zero. Yeah. Tomorrow By around mid afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How are we gonna? You, you can't survive that. <laughs> we um, we'll find out. <sighs> we're we're definitely, I think, turning a corner as far as temperature is concerned, and that's why yesterday I did. I had to power wash, so I power washed. I got all of that stuff done. I mowed the lawn, and then I was able to shut off the water for the outside for the rest oh. of the season. We'll, we'll still have a yeah. little bit. This is this is an anomaly, so we'll have it, it click back up. But you're right. Good to get that done. I actually set up my uh, my staging for my Christmas decorations. Yeah. Uh, unboxed everything and got it ready to go. So, well, yeah, because... Uh, you know, with the camp and everything, we got to we got to roll early to get everything set up. Yeah, so. I was driving by a house uh, day before yesterday, and a guy was setting up his <clears throat> very elaborate uh, Christmas thing, and I almost rolled down the window and yelled "Too early!" because <laughs> he was out front. But I thought that'd be what's the point? Now yeah. you can set it up. I would say what well, my thing is: I'm going to have it set up in place, and then I'll flick the switch on the the Thanksgiving weekend. Right. Right. Well, I feel like I need, because Thanksgiving is so late, and then the Camp Out for Hunger is going to go even later, that it's going to give me less time with my Christmas stuff. I know. That, I agree, man. That I'm, that I'm actually going to start sit, setting the Christmas stuff up soon. Like, I might start grabbing that stuff this weekend. I feel like um, everybody is yeah. setting up early this year. So, my, yeah. I, like, I, more so than in past years. My treat, my Santa's ready to go. My my six foot uh, one, 210 pound Santa, my, my, uh, my tree, all that stuff. I, I have my whole plan laid out, and I just... Unplugged everything that was uh, displayed for Halloween. All the cords and floodlights are still Stay. in position. It's good. I'm good to go. Just change it out. What a planner I am. You are a planner. I want to thank our guests on the program. Uh, thank you to Nick Murphy and Paul Ritchie. Yeah! From the web show Continue, uh, they are now comic book guys. Nick and happened to be in town and agreed to stop by. Yep. Uh, so Cosmic Pizza Party is the name of the comic, and it's available now on the Epic app. Thank you to Connor Barwin and Tom Yards Brewery has just joined forces with Connor's Make the World Better Foundation, launched a new limited edition beer from Yards, first draft series. It's called Make the World Better IPA. And tell you what, they're doing great work together. That's awesome. Uh, thank you to Laura Payne, who is from Mana. The Pie in the Sky is happening now through Friday, November 22nd. Order your pies at manapa.org. They do amazing work. They serve people who are sick, who can't do it themselves, and they give them uh, medically proper diets, and and it and they do it for nothing. They they give these they, these meals, three meals a day, seven days a week to people who need it for free. They're just amazing, and uh, amazing. I'm a little crazy on my pie ordering. I gave her my order, but it's uh, no one ever is uh, unhappy to see you walk through the door with a manna pie. And thank you to Pat House. Hey! Pat House is appearing at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow at 8 p.m. You can go to heliumcomedy.com, by the way. And we're getting some calls coming in that it's snowing. Let me take a couple of these real quick. Let me go to uh, Mark. Hey, Mark, how you doing, bud? Good. What's going on, man? Not much, man. We were just curious where you're seeing the snowflakes. Right in center Limerick. Limerick. We are going to die. It's got to be snowing out in my neighborhood then. I'm right, right down the street from Limerick. 
All right, and it's just uh, just little flurries, right? It's little flurries, yeah. But okay. It's, it depends on where you're at, man. All right. uh, I was thinking that area, Preston, that must mean thanks, Mark. it's snowing on Bill Cosby. Uh, you know what? I didn't yeah. even think of that. It right. may be snowing on Bill. Let me go to Anna. Hey, Anna, good morning. Hey, hey, good morning. Hey, so you're getting snow. Where are you? I'm in Langhorn Bucks County, baby. <laughs> All right. All right, so it looks like north and west uh, starting to. Thank you. We're not talking uh, any any sort of accumulation. No. It's going to be nope. a nuisance. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just snowing, and it's Foot not and even half. Thanksgiving yet. So we're, oh. that's what we're looking at. Uh, it's not snowing in Bucks County. A meth lab just exploded. <laughs> oh, what? Is that it? Yeah. That's, Are you kidding? Yeah. You've got room. <laughs> really? Well done. Is that really? Oh, oh. No. Well done, Kate. He jokes with me and says oh. <laughs> the meth labs and the heroin healers are all out of Bucks really? County. Really? <laughs> How you doing, Pierre? Fine, thank you. Uh, excellent, man. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I have you driven that. through Delco recently? Every uh, day of my life. Not you, Pierre. Oh, oh. He's asking Pierre. I didn't. I, I know there's an intershow rivalry uh-huh. regarding yes. Delco and Buxco. Who has uh, the most drug dealers? Uh, <laughs> I did not know it was down to meth lab. Uh, so whatever is. we can do. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know what I didn't do yet? I didn't uh, award our tattoo today's tattoo oh. day, so... Uh, it, let me do that real quick. So thank you to everybody who texted in the word tattoo. We now have a winner, and that is a guy named John Camping, who is from Riverton, New Jersey. Well, Mr. Camping is going to get himself a $350 gift certificate to world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. And uh, don't forget that they are located at 621 South 4th Street in South Philly. Get tattooed by the area's top tattoo artists like Mr. Kyle Fitzpatrick. You can see his work on Instagram at Kyle underscore Fitzpatrick underscore or PhiladelphiaEddiesTattoo.com. And how are you today, Pierre? Excellent. It, it is. A, you can see little tiny um, crystals of nodules, Snow? crystals, cells. Cells. I mean, there are there. Uh, it is thicker than rain. Okay. All right. I know so, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But it, there's no accumulation. None. So, no. No. We'll be fine. We'll yeah. be cool we'll be with fine. that. All right. Uh, let's do our letter. Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Now the daily letter and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter L as in Larry. All right, and we will give away on Friday five hundred dollar Ashley Home Stores gift card. And you want to stop in any of the 11 area Ashley Home Stores now through November 30th. You can register to win the green room furniture that's going to be set up at the Camp Out for Hunger. It's an awesome set. Sofa, love seat, coffee table, end tables, and lamps can all be yours. Ashley Home Stores, a proud sponsor of the Camp Out for Hunger. So hey, Larry. Swing by one of their locations <laughs> and do that today. Uh, what you got coming up today, man? Uh, we have uh, Workforce Blocks of Neil for his birthday today. We've got Collective Soul. We've got a block of Ghost. We also have uh, more tickets for the Black Crows. And it is a double shot Tuesday, so double shots all day. Nice. Love it. Uh, let me thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show brought to you today by hers, the official chip of the Preston and Steve Show. Also, Winter Airport Parking, the fastest way in and out of Philly International Airport. And Wilmington University. Experience the WilmU difference by visiting wilmu.edu. Tomorrow on the program, we'll go live on Fox Good Day, and we will speak to a gentleman you may have heard of by the name of Mr. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah! Wow. Should be pretty cool, yeah. Uh, so that is it. We are done. Rage on, and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. 
It's ready, it's boring, so turn your f***ing headlights on. Next message. To all my brothers and sisters that served, I hope you had a safe, happy, awesome Veterans Day. Next message. The 90s boys. I want that Szechuan sauce, bitches. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.